debt you are not to be afraid of because it comes with a dinner on the unconscious menu. Traveling the Vortex. It tortures me all night and day. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and inside a Dalek and landed episode number 192. And you know, really, there's a lot of movies that are better ideas than for proctologists. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Danny Pink. No, you're not. Wait, oh, I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I've met Danny Pink, sir. And you (laughs) are no Danny Pink. You are no Danny Pink. I'm Tickle Danny Pink? That would have let out a while. I dropped a Danny Pink. Doctor Who Legacy. Is there anybody here who hasn't dropped Danny Pink yet? Nope. As of five seconds ago, Keith. <laughs> no, I got him. I just As of five seconds I just ago, finished Keith. the level. Oh, <laughs> I'm working on the oh, level now. So oh, you're not done yet. yet. Do you not done have Danny? You dropped him. You just don't have him in your. I have enough time crystals. I will yet. finish this level. <laughs> <laughs> That's what time crystals are good for. Yes. <laughs> you drop that character and go. I am not dying on this one. <laughs> I'm buying that character. <laughs> it's Labor Day weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. Did you guys have a good partial Labor Day weekend? Partial? Well, I guess it's only half, or it's not even half over. Well, it's not over yet, half. but a little more than the half. Rest, all, uh, I guess for us, it's the weekend is yeah, over. Because I'm sorry you didn't get one shown. Well, you had yesterday off, didn't you? I had yesterday off. That's something. Yeah, it's always fun when the, the teachers at school go, well, you've got an extra long weekend coming up, so this is when we're going to assign that project to be due on Wednesday when you come back. And I just want to shake them and go, you realize for those of us that work retail, it simply means I have one less day to work on it. I hated teachers <laughs> and instructors that did that. Uh, I get extra time. No, I don't. I have a life. Do other stuff than school. I'm sorry. I just saw the most exciting piece of news I have ever seen in my Entire life. Should we save it for news? Is no, it Doctor it's Who not related? Doctor Who related oh. at all. <laughs> I guess it's oh, yeah. better game then. P- Patrick Warburton has uh, signed a deal with Amazon to bring back The Tick. Oh. And he's going to star in it. A live action version. Uh, what? what do you I mean? didn't like The Tick. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Genius. I now have Danny Pink. It was not genius. It was, it was, it was, it was a pale comparison to the comic. It was a pale comparison to the cartoon, but it was as close as we were going to get to anything live action. <laughs> and the cartoon was beyond brilliant. Uh, I didn't care for the cartoon that much either. Oh, you are so wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, have you guys done anything fun? I had a week off. How was your week off? That was good. I had a lot of stuff. You want me to go first? Sure, because I, I didn't do much. So lot of stuff. <laughs> I can end and be quick. I even made a list. Alright. <laughs> so Monday vacation started. Woo! And I had another chiropractic appointment, but it went well. Um, so, Did they give you the pen? They gave me the pen all week. Felt great. So uh, since I did a lot of driving to Lawrence this week, um, how, I many, how many times did you go this week? I uh, went Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And now are, are you done with chiropractor? I, mean, I, go, I go Wednesday for one follow-up, and then I'm uh, done. And I, I can go back for if you need it. follow-ups and relief, yeah. but I'll be done. I, think, I, I say Wednesday. I think it's going to be Thursday now because I forgot I have the kid, a dentist appointment or doctor's appointment for the kids. Mm-hmm. 
But I did listen to some Big Finish Companion Chronicles. I went way back to the beginning and just started from there because oh, that's, I'm that's a good place thoroughly, to start. thoroughly enjoying these. Uh, the first one I listened to was Frostfire, and it is read by um, an actress's name escapes me, but she played Vicky with the first Doctor. The name is escaping Sean because he's searching his brain for it. Processing. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, it's got, it features, uh, well, Deborah Watling, it's, <clears throat> it features Stephen and the first doctor and the commanding chronicles are really cool. And I talked a little bit about this before because I listened to the, uh, where did you hand me this? She's not in this. I, I'm, I'm returning it to you. I just <laughs> remember it. Sorry. <laughs> Unless you want me to keep He's it just handed me the mind robber. <laughs> I'm like, uh, maybe I was in my memory vault longer than I thought because Maureen O'Brien. Maureen O'Brien. Thank, thank you. you. We, we've gone to a whole different. Right. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I just, it just popped in my head, and I will. You know me otherwise. well enough to know you can't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, sorry, uh, no. the Companion Chronicles, yeah, Maria and, O'Brien. And they're done from the perspective of the, the Companion, and they're always kind of told in story form. So they're Which more is such a great less, way to do the Doctors that yeah, we no longer They're have. more or less an a, um, uh, audiobook, essentially, yeah. because they're recounting a story or an adventure um, in some very clever ways sometimes. And, and this particular one was, was as well, because this is after Vicky has been dropped off in the Myth Makers, and I'm going to have to go to some recall here because I haven't seen the recon of this, but I believe she was dropped off in Troy uh, around the same time of the Trojan Horse. I think that's a mm. period piece. Uh, she met a guy I think had stayed behind, if I remember correctly. I'm getting there, though, too, because I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, but So she is in there and recounting a story uh, and it's very cleverly done. It's done really in the same vein as, as one of the Sir Kingdom ones that I, I had read. So it's them kind of telling the story of an adventure they had with the Doctor? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's set later but takes place before? Correct. Correct. So take, yes, takes <laughs> Only place in Doctor Who. <laughs> so far that's how they've done them. Um, I think, because I started listening to one with Ian that came with the light at the end, and that's how that oh, one was yeah, set up yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, so I, I quite enjoyed that. I'm, I'm very excited for. Uh, I'm going with the Companion Chronicles because we've got a lot of main range to go, and eventually we'll get to these where we'll be reviewing them. So I'm going to hold off an actual review, but I will say it was a quite an enjoyable story. Um, and uh, that was that was that so i got and those are an hour long so it's kind of nice oh, because i can listen to it all the way over listen to it on the way back and be done with it yeah you um, can take your time going highway 40 if you wanted to right, make sure you right. got it all done well usually because i go early enough because I, I don't like on to go to doctor's appointments right at the time i like to be there early yeah so what i'll do is i'll go in and i just kind of finish it up or not finish it up but listen a little longer in the parking lot before i go oh, and then there's the driving through town too right so. exactly. although they're right on the edge there of Florence. Uh, um, and then <clears throat> I, Monday night, I went to the Doctor Who's uh, Series 8 cinema event, which was pretty cool. Um, first one that I've done, because I obviously didn't get to That's right, you didn't get to the 50th, did you? And um, because I happened to be off, luckily, uh, went ahead and did it. <clears throat> and it was neat. There was about 40. I went to the later show. Uh, there were two showings. There was a 7 o'clock and a 9.30, and I went to the 9.30 there was probably about 40, 45 people there. So I was I was impressed because I thought, you know, this, the late showing of this, probably won't be a lot of people there. But, you know, 40, 45 people. So Not bad. Um, and it was, was the second showing. That was the second showing. Yeah. And my, it was only my second time to see it because I didn't watch it twice last weekend like you guys did. Uh, so that was my second time. So I was coming off of one time through when I reviewed last week. 
I enjoyed it much more this time. I think part of it is because of the cinema experience. I mean, it's, it's on a big screen. It's got great sound. It, it, it's uh, it's just that it, that yeah, this is Doctor Who on the big screen. You know? <laughs> this is really Isn't that wonderful. a weird it's, moment? It's just... kind of weird. Um, but it was neat because you came in, you sit down, and they had little placards playing before that had like trivia questions and things like that, which I'm sure they did for the 50s as well. And then to start this off, Strax does one of his video blogs. <laughs> one of his reports to Scaro. And the reason I say video blog... Sontar, not Scarrow, yeah, Sontar. We Strax is a double agent. <laughs> we were talking about Scarrow earlier before off mic, and I still got Scarrow in my head. Um, and uh, so he's doing one of his uh, field reports. And it's great because I, I don't want to go through the whole thing, but he, what he does is he, this one particularly, he talks about all of the doctors, just kind of gives us a recap of all the doctors up until 12. And uh, in the process, the ship that, they're on, that he's on is crashing, and Jenny and Vastor are there. And they come running in to inform him that they're they're going down and the, the, the ship's in despair and it's it's about to crash into London. And Vastra stops and says, Strax, are you blogging? <laughs> 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 so he goes through, they run off and he goes through his spiel and after he's done, he turns himself to prepare himself and he goes, okay, well, this is... This will probably be the end, and, and that's it. And then Jenny and <laughs> comes strolling in, and they, they go, okay, we're good. And she says, what do you mean? She says, no, we, we fixed the ship. We're not crashing anymore. But, but we've got a distress, dress call from uh, Scotland Yard or something we need to investigate. Oh. And so they then they start in the dinosaurs right there, and then they come down the stairs. And here's one thing that's always bothered me. And now it fixes it. Is when Strax comes down with them and down those steps. Well, they, they you know they have the little thing on the yeah. little overlook, and then they walk down down to the bank. Strax has like a cloak on, but you see his uh, blue armor, blue armor underneath. Well, it was in his armor and the ship, and it was like fixed. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Just had to go to the theater to get that one. Yeah, fixed. So there is so, a prequel. So there's a reason why he's in the armor when he comes down the, this when you when you finally see him and he comes down the steps and he's got the cloak on. He's got the Battle armor underneath. Nice. There's a reason why. And I thought, I, did they really do that on purpose? Because I, I, it bugged me the first time I saw him. So why would he have his battle armor on? And then the rest of the uh, episode, he's in the, the, the toddler tux. suit. Yeah. So that was neat. And then afterwards was the uh, Doctor Who Extra that is playing on the BBC iPlayer. And yeah, and YouTube. You, yeah, now. it's. I think it's yeah YouTube. And, uh, at uh, least to, uh, Into the Daleks is no longer region locked. I think oh, the right? first one was. This one isn't. Okay. Well, this, this was the one for Deep Breath, and um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's like a truncated confidential. Yeah, it's, it really it's, is, and it, it's kind of like a DVD version of the confidential. Yeah, yeah. Um, eleven then, minutes, and then, in. and then that nice. was it. It was you know, it, it was done and over. Um, I will say that I finally figured out. I think I picked apart the episode a little bit last week, but I couldn't. I don't think I really could nail down what it was, and I'm not going to go too much into it because my review last week still kind of stands, but I figured it out. And it's, it has to do with the idea that Moffat felt like he had to convey to the crowd or to the viewer what was going on, why there were changes, and it was kind of meta. We talked, we mm-hmm. touched on that a little bit. He drives home the old age thing way too much. It's way, way, way too much. I've heard some people complain about that. And that that's the problem with it. I don't have any other problem problems with it now that I've seen it the second time except for that because I think that touches on a lot of the things I talked about. Number one, it being too long. 
Number two, the Matt Smith scene, which I said I loved, was fine. It just seemed too long. The part of it there was, was a joke in there. About, there was a joke in there about that, and it was and it just it, it felt like it was driving. It almost been, so he, sh- he almost should have asked if he was ginger. Yeah, instead of being gray. That was the only really. Now that that when I narrowed down, that was the one thing that was in the back of my mind that was bothering me that I just couldn't put. I couldn't articulate or put my finger on last week until I saw it the second time. The other thing I wanted to bring up is that I found out was the part that we. Uh, we bagged on that was too long that medical scanner mm-hmm. did you guys know what those were the glove that Jenny has at the beginning when she's scanning the dinosaur she's holding her hand up in the air and she's scanning getting some information says something stuck in his throat Vastra's thing which we forgot to talk about where the little thing pops up out of her hat and she hits it oh, and it was yeah. click click no, the, yeah closed. I hated that and the scanner, which we also didn't like. I didn't have a problem with the scanner. I hated those, the click click door. The medical scanner. Well, you, you even said that was too long. Could have been cut. They couldn't be cut. And the reason being is because those were Blue uh, Blue Peter uh, winners. Oh, those the were the kids gadgets. had designed those gadgets, and that's how they got them into the oh, show. Oh, I forgot about those things. So yeah. now knowing that knowledge, I'm actually okay with those being in there. And even the even the medical scanner going on a little too long. Um, I didn't mind the device, but the scanner scene was too long. Right. The little thing that clicked out of her head that bugged the heck out of me. The glove I thought was cool. Yeah. But because of what they are, those were three winners for the. They they were able to design uh, basically gadgets for yeah. each of the. I remember the contest. Games. Yeah. Those were the gadgets. So oh. I'm actually okay. I'm I'm fine with those now. Even the little thing that flipped out of her head, I thought was silly. It has some. Meaning now to it, why it was there. So. Yeah, I, okay. So I'll I, I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to dog on the kid that came up with that. Other than the <laughs> fact that that joke's already been done. Yeah, that's yeah. the part that bothered me. But it's. A, but it was a kid, so I can excuse it. it Might have been a five-year-old kid that came up with that. Yeah. So, and it was a one-off. I don't think we'll ever see that again. So <laughs> it doesn't matter that, that it was somewhere. Used, there's so. a piece so, of fan fiction that's being you? crafted that explains <laughs> why she needs that. Probably why. Probably from that kid. <laughs> <laughs> so my hats off to them and congratulations to the winners of those because they they for being kids doing that getting them involved those were actually oh, kind yeah. of clever devices. So. Fifty years down the road, that kid <laughs> will become the doctor, and all the news reports will pull up this story about <laughs> when he won the Blue Peter contest to design a prop, and now. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, I was glad to get, I got to do that. And I had, you know, I knew you had to work, but I was hoping yeah. that he might be able to get to work in time, but he didn't. He no. Too busy. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday, uh, I decided to spend my day watching a couple of recons. So I went back into, I've, I keep a running list of everything that I've seen and realized I had seen everything up to the Crusades. Hmm. And so I decided to pop in the Lost in Time uh, box set disc, which has two of the episodes surviving on there, and grabbed my uh, audio version, because I have the audio for that, and went through and, and did the, the uh, uh, Crusades. And what I did this time, though, was I popped in my uh, Loose Cannon Recon and queued up my audio narration CD that I have, and started them at the same time. So not only am I getting the audio, which is cleaned up for the CD, and the linking narration, which is done by uh, uh, William Russell. Russell, I'm also getting to see the telesnaps along with it. So that was oh, even, an even better experience nice. for me. So cool. that was yeah, that was kind of fun. Um, which I, I had I had seen. I think I watched one of the episodes of the Crusades years ago when I got the Lost in Time box set. And, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think that uh, uh, 
Glover, uh, Julian Glover, who plays King Richard, does a wonderful job. And uh, oh, he's just a good actor. He is a good actor, but it, it, it's it's really well structured. And I, I I worried about it because sometimes the historicals can be a tad bit boring, but um, it's right, actually sure. quite enjoyable. It's a good story, <laughs> and that's all I'll say about it because eventually we're going to do it as a podcast. <laughs> the other one I did is I remembered that uh, Galaxy Four, which could come next in line, and one that I hadn't seen. Hmm. Uh, we got the Lost Missing episode that released. Or I think they found it in twenty eleven. Which was the episode three that they included on the Aztecs DVD? Oh, okay. Yeah, on the special edition. That I actually got to see most of it at Galley. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, uh, and so I got a little intrigued by that, and I did the same thing. I, I booted up the recon, the loose cannon recons that I had, and synced up the CDs and watched those, and it was quite enjoyable. And uh, that one uh, doesn't get as. Uh, praising of a review from me as the Crusades, <laughs> but it's not bad. I think a, a, a lot, and it's hard to go based on fandom for things that have been missing for years, oh, yeah. but that's always one of those ones that's kind of pan as, as, as silly and not as enjoyable. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put it on the bottom of any list. It, it probably landed, you know, squarely in the middle or maybe slightly lower, but um, enjoyable, so... Uh, again, I'm not going to go on a full review of that one because we will <laughs> t- eventually tackle some of these reconstructions. Uh, Wednesday, then, another trip to Lawrence. So I listened to the big Finnish uh, chronicle, Fear of the Daleks, which is the second one in line uh, from the first se- season. And that features Zoe, played by Ooh. Wendy Padbury, and has the second Doctor in, and uh, Jamie. It's nice. nice. And... Um, it had Daleks in it, so I have nothing bad to say. About it. <laughs> Actually, it was a kind of it was a it was a really kind of a neat, clever uh, device. I, that's a, I, I think I keep going back to this every time I talk about a companion chronicle, but they really do some really clever things with these. It's a great and way to do a story. Not only is the story good, but the recounting of the story is good. And I, I will set this one up a little bit and spoil a little bit. Zoe is telling this story beyond. Her time with the Doctor, so which is she... tricky because her memory was wiped at yeah. the end of War Games when she was sent back to her own time and, and uh, place. Now, has she encountered Daleks before that? Uh, she didn't. She didn't televise, did she? If I remember was correctly. she around for Evil of the Daleks? I can't remember. She might. No, have... she wasn't because at the beginning of this, the Doctor is explaining to her about Daleks, and he shows her some imagery, and she uh, reacts to it adversely. Uh, not because I think she's familiar with the Daleks, but she had never encountered them. Yeah. But but she's she understands that they're you know, the most feared thing in the universe, yeah. and they're very deadly and evil and blah blah blah. And so, but the Doctor reassures her that they're done. We've they've been taken care of because they were wiped out. I think in Evil of the Daleks is if they were that was done. He was done with them. They they would never return again. To which then they do return again for fear. <laughs> but uh, this is what I wanted to give away is because, and they set it up right off the top. So I'm not I'm not sharing a lot of stuff. But uh, fear sets up with her talking about these dreams she's having about adventures with the Doctor. She doesn't know why because she met the Doctor one time, which is in Wheels Wheel in Space, which is yeah. the first story, and she recalls that she recalls the adventures from that. She was allowed to keep that memory because that was the first time she encountered him. But as far as she knew, because she when they left her and- at the end of. War game, she was returned right to the end of that situation. And so she thought the Doctor and Jamie had gone off as far as she knows, but then she's having these dreams about these memories of having adventures with her, and she can't understand <laughs> why. So, again, another clever uh, device really in clever. order to uh, uh, make it work. You have to come up with something for that to exactly, fix it. Exactly, exactly. So that, that, was, that was a really good one. And then I decided um, I needed to see Godzilla. 
so it showed up on iTunes uh, last week. I think it was maybe it was this week, and because it's iTunes is doing that thing now where you can get it before it comes on yeah. DVD. Oh, I so think Amazon even had it. Yeah, I think all of them, all, all of the instant. digital services are doing that. In fact, Captain America: Winter Soldier is on there now this week, and wasn't didn't it come out Tuesday? Or is that coming out this Tuesday? No, Not it's this Tuesday, weeks. the following yeah. Tuesday. Oh, really? Two, two Tuesdays. Wow. Yeah, so it's on there early. It's like a month early. So I went ahead and, and rented it and watched it. And What'd you think? Uh-oh. Meh. I, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, and again, I, I see these things so late, so maybe I over, oh, maybe I fall into the hype, and maybe everybody's made it sound better than it was, so I expected more. Um, <laughs> see, maybe that's why I liked it, because I went in with pretty low expectations. Yeah, I... I went into it with high expectations and came out of it loving it. It's so much better than obviously the Matthew Broderick nineteen ninety what was it, eight ninety nine movie ninety eight. Um, I like that they kept with a lot of the the traditions of the uh, Toho films. There was a huge missed opportunity in that thing. You know they're in Hawaii, and you haven't seen them yet. They could have recreated the first time you ever saw Godzilla because there's that mountain range, and in the original <laughs> film, Monsters, yeah. he comes up over it. Yeah, yeah. and they the first time you ever see him. Period. They could have recreated it, and they didn't. Yeah, that's that's my biggest complaint with the movie. That's true. Um, it's it it's good. I, I liked it. It was an enjoyable film. I just I, I did wasn't wowed by it. Um, the story was. Good. It was. It was interesting. Um, Brian Cranston eats it too soon because <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed his character. Uh, the kid. Uh, he, he gave you the emotional reason what's to the, care. Yeah. What's the actor's name? The kid that's going to be Quicksilver, Quicksilver, and he was in Kick Ass. Aaron something. Yeah. Thompson. That guy. Aaron, yeah, that guy. Aaron something. Uh, part of my problem was that he did fine, but he he. He's not given much to do. No, he's not. And maybe that's the problem why I felt anyways. like he's kind of... He's not mo- emotionally invested. He kind of sleepswalks Aaron his way through a, lot of the, through a lot of the film. And granted, he just lost his dad. He's been separated from his family for now, right after he gets back from war. Um, I guess we should sound the spoiler alarm <laughs> now, since you guys were holding back until I saw it. Um, See, I don't disagree with too, any of that. It was, it was too coincidental... That he just kept being where he needed to be. It was too... That felt very much like a Godzilla film to me. Yeah. It that was that too, aspect of it. It was too... Coincidental um, was when they do it in Pearl Harbor that our two leads just happened to yeah, be where we yeah. need to tell this part of the story. It was too this convenient. This is just the way Godzilla films work. It was too convenient that he was a munitions ex- expert and then he happened to be there and they didn't have a munitions... Or a, a bomb uh, expert and they didn't have a bomb expert. Um, I don't know. It just... it it. I thought that was a clever way to. It was to clever. Keep him relevant. It was yeah. It was a clever reason for him to be at all of these event sightings. Right? I don't want to say it's clever. Just, it was well done. It was a reason. It was yeah. a reason. Yeah. It was a, <laughs> it was a good like, reason. Better than Matthew Broderick had. But it just it felt. <laughs> I don't know. It felt too convenient. My biggest complaint with it is how stupid the humans are. <laughs> it you feeds mean this off thing radiation. feeds off radiation? Let's drop a new car. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. That's just par for the course. The, the, the collective noise you just heard was the audience going. <laughs> the best thing about the and then film, they arm it so early on. What? I didn't like the the mutos. <laughs> I, Muto I, one and Muto two. I, I like the one. I like the the acronym for them, but I just I, I like that the one flew. I just I didn't like the design. Yeah, of them it was either. like it was like they were trying 
They were trying to do Mothra, but then you can't be the bad guy. They were trying to do Rodan. Rodan, yeah, Yeah, you're right. It was it was more like Rodan. Now you you say that. Um, what I did, uh, what I did like about it was the corniest aspect, in my opinion, of the film, and because it's very much in line with the Toho films, is that Godzilla's the good guy. He's really the hero, and that's what they needed to do to make it feel like a real a good Godzilla movie, and they did that right. Um, the idea of him being the, the the predator, the hunter, and he was just su- simply hunting these guys, and and their only motivation was to mate. I mean, that was cool, and every and the human just got in the way. That's really That's a really yeah, clever way to there's, do there's it. There's no bad guy, but you've got a bad guy because of that. There's no good guy, but there but there is a good guy because of that. And so that was neat. I liked that, and I like the fact that that Godzilla gets to walk off into the, <laughs> the ocean, and and we get to do more Godzilla films if we want to. So, which um, they are, so that was obviously. done right. Um, I just think that the, the uh, 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 what's the Ken Watanabe? He's our scientist, which is par for the course for Godzilla films because he's given us the information and he's, he knows more than anybody else does. Except for I didn't think it was cool that he relied on Cranston's character. The fact that that oh he had data on this that nobody knew he had. Oh yeah, it wasn't until he went and got the discs that was kind of clever. Um, so I mean, but he was just kind of there, you know. I just I wanted all of the humans to have more. Something more, which is funny because you go into you go into you go you go into you know aliens versus predator and you just want to see aliens beat up predators or predators beat up aliens. I, I, I didn't want any humans. No in that humans. Movie. In this one, I just felt myself going. If the humans are going to be there, they need to do more. They need to do something. I did like the fact that uh, what's his name, Aaron, whatever, um, did. Uh, recognized the fact that there was those eggs there that the one Muto had left and went, oh, i got to fix this. And so went and like, torched yeah. it. That was cool. I thought, okay, there's a good character moment. Yeah. You recognize that. You fixed that situation. And you didn't have to tell anybody. That was a cool thing, too. Is It wasn't a, hey, I took care of this, you know, or brag about it or anything. It was just like silently took care of it. And he, like he a made, soldier would. That made him a hero, right? Yeah. There. That made him the, the, the hero that he needed to be. Have you guys seen how, the, how it should have ended? Hmm. For God's <laughs> Everyone... The- there's people applauding Godzilla as he's walking off, and Superman shows up. It's like, really? How much did San Francisco did he destroy? And you celebrate him? That's good. That's it's good. hilarious. That's good. He's like, F you guys, I'm out of here. Here's, here's the reason that it works. Yeah, I don't disagree with almost anything you said. The, the, the lead kind of slept, walked his way through it, and all this kind of stuff. His name's not in the title. <laughs> No, no, no. I came to see Godzilla. And, and so, okay, here's Godzilla. For the people that want to complain, oh, Godzilla wasn't in enough. Have you ever seen a Godzilla film? Yeah. He's not in any of them. It's like 15 minutes. Okay, that's fine. I, but I, in a Godzilla film, the characters are relevant no, until Godzilla they, shows up. They, no, they, they really they are. All, they all get they in really the way. Are. That's what no, they do. They, 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 really, they stumble through things and give us exposition. But then, of the well, Godzilla, it depends it on which is. Godzilla film you're talking about yeah. because there are a lot there. Because the, the original, the, the characters are very important. And there's necessary. a lot of Godzilla movies yeah, where Godzilla shows up. There's a lot of Godzilla movies where Godzilla shows up early and, and it's just monsters. But like the Muto scene where you know we finally, they tease us and they tease us and they tease us and it's getting excruciating because it's like it's a Godzilla. I saw Godzilla's name on the poster outside. Hurry up and show me Godzilla. And then they show you this thing and you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't look like Godzilla. What is that? That was another thing. And I thought that was genius that they reeled me in with that. That's the problem though is you told me that beforehand. He, oh, so okay. I knew it. I the, expected it. You so, had the reveal so then yeah. I'm I'm waiting for Godzilla even longer now because I know that. Okay, that, was, so that, was, like, that was my bad. So then. that was yeah and, and it, 
so probably not to the fault of the film. My, my fault for not seeing it soon enough. Um, Although it was, but that's, he's that's just it. Uh, I know that that's going to be a, early on. It's going to be another monster, which I knew there were more monsters in it because of the trailer. Yes, but okay, that's just going to be another monster, and I'm not going to see Godzilla for another ten, twenty, thirty minutes again. And but you know, you keep seeing the thing and him swimming, which is which is fine. And I like the fact that they <laughs> were just following Godzilla. They were <laughs> they were trying to. Shooting well, or killing I, I until also, he gets to the bridge, and they went, "Okay, this might be a problem." <laughs> I also really liked some of the I, the physics they looked at, at with it when he's going through the water, and then he comes up, and then the whole gush of water comes mm-hmm. too. That's such. Why didn't they do that before? That's mm-hmm. clever. Yeah, it's really smart to f- include something like that. Yeah. Instead on, of, on, oh, look, he shows up. On, yeah. Unlike say Hulk when he's bouncing from rock to rock to rock <laughs> in in Hulk, and it's like. There's no crater or anything. <laughs> Light as a butterfly. He, he, he weighs a metric ton at this point, and I don't. My brain is telling me this doesn't work. I, the the monster. Honestly, I never thought of something like that until they did it. Yeah. In the Godzilla. Oh, well, I, 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 I see it, but I just I, I like the mutos. I thought they were cool. No, I, mean, I was fine with them. I just they weren't. They, I wasn't as pleased with the I design. I wasn't wowed by them, and well, they didn't really have much of a design. I like the fl- the flying one was the cooler one. I thought. Oh yeah. I did finally get like super excited when Godzilla finally breathed his radio. <laughs> finally, and then the way <laughs> finally, and, and, and then okay, complete spoilers. And it looked like the old radioactive breath. The kill in the kill shot too, because there was the radioactive breath before that one. You think he's just going to do the King Kong? Did you get the moment when he when he grabbed the thing's jaw? Everybody I've talked to has had this moment. He grabs the thing's jaw like this. Complete spoilers, as he said. And he's like this. And there's a part of my brain going, no, 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 no. Because I knew he was just going to go snap and rip the yeah. jaw in half. And we've already thing. seen that moment. About the same thing. And then all of a sudden he goes, <laughs> and it's just like, ah! Or he does that, and then, <laughs> Oh, and he does it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and you see the, like, him lighting up from inside, and then all of a sudden you see the fire. <laughs> that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I did like that. Um, but overall, uh, you know, it's a B, B or B-plus movie, and but I was a little underwhelmed, so... Worth it. Yeah, I'd give it I'm a excited. Plus. I'm excited to see a. Uh, well, see from your guys' review. Well, not you so much, but you're from you. I figure you're giving an A. It was the first thing I saw this summer, other than Captain America. Not to so, mention yeah. there was a lot of people online giving it, you know, high Bs and As. I mean, let's let's let's, let's put this in perspective. Sean got to go to a movie. That's kind <laughs> of a A plus all the way around. What'd you go see? Didn't matter. <laughs> so I, yeah, I give it a B, maybe a B plus, and uh, I put I'm it excited in my top for a second. Five I'm, glad, the year, I'm glad they. Top ten, at least, mm. of the year. Top ten. So away. far, maybe, yeah. It'd be, probably come in nine or ten for me. but It'd probably come in five or six for me. I'll let you know at the end of the year. <laughs> Dawn, <laughs> It'll probably fall down. I didn't get to Dawn. I tried. It's at the cheap theater. Yeah, I tried. Okay, I really Saturday. Tried. I have nothing going on Saturday. As far as I'm aware, there's going to be like a 220 showing. We'll go. Okay. So I, was, I wanted to go this Saturday, but I had to go mow, so I didn't get a chance to. I know I can do that. Just make it happen. Yeah, I tried. I tried. I tried. I did try this week, but I just couldn't. I couldn't get a showing in there before because between picking kids up and yeah, the, the timings yeah, are really weird. It. It a two-hour I even, movie. I even thought about going to Lawrence, and it's not in Lawrence anymore. Yeah, it's so, only at the cheap I thought, theater. Because sometimes theirs are an hour earlier. Yeah. And since I was going to be over there anyway in the morning, I thought I was just going. Then I almost went to Guardians again because I was like, oh, there's an early <laughs> Guardians, but I, I didn't. I'm ready to go see Gary. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my Wednesday. <laughs> uh, Thursday, I didn't have anything because we did meet the teacher night with the kids. Oh, well, with Mason's teacher. So oh, that was just going I'm and kicking getting, somebody. Getting I'm sure. I'm not and finding out what they're doing for this school year. 
Friday, another Big Finish Chronicles, because I went to my last appointment of the week. Um, that one was Bluetooth, which is the third in line, so all of these are in line with the first series or first season. Um, that is Liz Shaw. So that was mm. neat hearing Caroline John since we just lost yeah. her, you know, uh, last year, I believe it was, um, with the third Doctor in unit. So they go in order. We had a first Doctor story, second Doctor story, third Doctor story. Um, and it, of the three, let me think. Oh, no, actually of the three, this was my second favorite. Uh, Frostfire was my least favorite, which was the first one. Although they were all really good, don't get me wrong. Uh, this one, I don't know if I want to tell you. Although I'm probably telegraphing it by saying I don't want to tell you. Sailorians? Nope. Cybermen? Yep. <laughs> and done in a really, really neat, cool way. So, I won't tell you Since he doesn't get to encounters in, on TV, that I, makes sense. I won't tell you any more about it because... I might just go listen to it. Yeah, you, you, yeah I think you will thoroughly enjoy <laughs> that one. He um, doesn't have a Cyberman story, does he? Nope, no, he's the only one. No. We don't get another one until Attack with Tom. Revenge. No, revenge. Oh, that's what I meant. I get his and Colin's all mixed up all the time. Well, there's two bakers. <laughs> so, yeah, if you get a chance to listen to that one. In fact, just go up. back and start from the beginning. Listen to the first two. Trudge for the first two. <laughs> um, I'll get them on the schedule eventually. Thoroughly, well, I know, and that's why I'm, I'm not going into too deep of reviews, but uh, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that one. Uh, that moves me on to Saturday. We went to Hutchison. We had a family reunion. My uh, uncle actually just found out he has cancer. Oh, no. And he's not going to treat it. So we decided this might be one of the last times to see him. So we went up there. Uh, that's my mom's family, mom's side of the family. So we went and visited with him and his wife and uh, some of her other brothers and sisters. So some of my other uncles and aunts came into town. So we went and spent the weekend with them. And then, of course, we came back Saturday night, and I watched Into the Dalek, which we'll talk about later. And then today, the big thing for today was um, I got my fantasy football team drafted. So hmm. that's all set and ready to go for the first games coming up this week. I think the first game's on Thursday. I think so. And that's my family does that. We do that every year, and it's a lot of fun. And that's it. That's been my week so far. I haven't done anything else other than that. Went to Red Robin for dinner tonight. Family. Ooh. I did eat Fazoli's yesterday in Hutch. I, did I see saw picture. that when I was in Hutch because <laughs> yeah. you went down for the. Okay. I saw the picture pop up and I was like, when did he go out of town? So, <laughs> I figured yeah. you were in Kansas City for something. No, went to Hutch. It should have said on the thing. I, I, did, I tagged I, it. I don't know. I haven't been on Facebook much this weekend, so oh. I saw the post and the likes and your yeah, comments. In fact, the uh, we, we went to the. We, our, the reunion was at the Fairfield Inn. They were really, really. Gosh, if you have to stay at a Fairfield Go, this is the second one I've been to. They're really nice reception area. They, they're, they're not huge hotels, but they're, they've got really, really nice reception, like kind of like high-class reception areas with kind of this Art Deco design. And then they have a really nice like area where you could eat because hmm. they have the complimentary breakfast and everything. But when there's not breakfast being served, they've got there's all this space to set. And that's where we kind of just sat and visited and talked and... Played games and <laughs> showed all the old people how to run iPads, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which they thought was fun and got a kick out of. Um, and so, yeah, Man, I to- get to touch totally, the screen. Yeah, so totally, totally, uh, thoroughly Fairfield in all the way. And then uh, as we were leaving, we were like, "Well, we should get dinner before we leave town because we were leaving about six o'clock." And I looked up across the street and went, oh, yeah, that's where the Fazoli's is at. <laughs> so it just happened to be right across the street. And Caitlin wanted to. She loves Fazoli's. She was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Fazoli's. 
And so Mason doesn't. He's like, I don't know about Fazoli's. And so we said, that's what reminded me of it. We said, I'll tell you what, we'll pick Fazoli's today and you get to pick where we go tomorrow when we get home. So that's why we went to Red Robin tonight. Ah, uh, nice. His favorite place is Red Robin. So, so win, win. Win, win <laughs> for everybody. That's it. I don't have anything else. I'm done. I'm exhausted. You had a lot of week. Yeah. Well, I had a lot going on because of the fact that it's... Uh, a week off? Yeah, week off. It's something to do. Sarah's family's in town this weekend, so it's what we mostly did. I didn't really do anything during the week. I am two trophies away from finishing Ratchet and Clank into the Nexus. Mm-hmm. All I've got to do is level up all my weapons and buy one last bit of armor, which is like $1.5 million in the game. Which, luckily, I'm at a point in the game where every kill I get adds a multiplier to the money I get. So I'm I like, it maxes out at 10, so you get 10 times the amount of money well, for every good. kill you make, so it, it won't take long now. Uh, this is technically now my third playthrough, but I'm not going to be able to. I'm not, not going like, to have to finish it. Those are always those trophies and goals that you look at and you're like, oh, man, that's like so far away until you get up to that 10 time multiplier yeah. and you're like, and it's like, man, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, and then once I get the armor, all I have to do is get make sure I, I have like three or four guns left to level up all the way. Some of the ones that I wasn't a big fan of. <laughs> like the... It's, so you purposely just skipped leveling those ones Yeah. Up. And it's... They're, it's, they're cool oh, guns. Let's see with you, Sean. Sorry. Mm. Where one's a... Uh, it turns your enemies into snowmen. <laughs> and it plays Christmas music while it does it. I mean... <laughs> this, that's what Ratchet and Clank I, does. I it's, totally would have... I'd have leveled that gun up for like first thing. The, the, the problem is it's not as practical by the time you can buy yeah, it. Yeah, but it's Christmas gun. <laughs> There's a there's a, a black hole gun. They run around going frosty the snowman. It's not that one. It's a different song, but it should be that one. Walking in a winter wonderland. I can't remember what it is now. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. All Christmas songs are good. <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate that gun. Although sometimes it's frustrating because I go to select one gun and something else selects. And there's one where you get this <laughs> army of guns. Die before a snowman, wrong gun! <laughs> well, I picked the cute one. <laughs> well, in previous games, the cute guns were often the ones that didn't require ammo. Uh, so I would always save those for when I ran out of ammo. Yeah, yeah. But this, this time it's not that way. Uh. Um, but, like, it would randomly... I would try to go to another... Like, there's two wheels for guns, and I'd go to one... But it would somehow switch back to the other one and select this army of robots that fly around with me and kill stuff, which is great unless you're trying to level up other guns, and then you can't shoot anything because they're killing everything because they're already full leveled. <laughs> Only Keith would be yelling, "Stop killing the guys! I want to do it. I need the. Ex- I need. It's great for the times ten, but I need to can't level up my gun otherwise." Uh, that's a really fun game, though. I just want to finish. Quit killing them. <laughs> so I'll go kill myself just to get rid of them because <laughs> they're leveled up so high they stick around forever. <laughs> I'll lose my times 10, but it's worth it. To oh, get rid of great. I unleashed the horde. I'm going to throw myself off a cliff now. Uh, and then um, played Uno Attack last night. <laughs> Not just Uno, it's Uno. Uno Attack! attack. And I kept thinking of Capaldi's eyebrows every time I looked at that card. <laughs> that's that attack. attack. Have you guys played Uno Attack? Uh, is that the one that spits cards at you? Yeah. I haven't played it, but I've it's seen it. It's pretty fun. kids played it it's, it's It's different, but it's fun. I was... T- 
teamed up on. They teamed <laughs> up on me so bad. Ooh, I sorely lost that one. They saw you coming, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, tonight we played Phase Ten, which is why we were running a little late recording. Um, this came so close to winning. I was the first one to get to the tenth phase. But then I ended up not winning. Came in like fifth. They ganged up on you again, didn't they? No, they didn't. It just I could not get a good hand. That's, to that's end more it. of a. Uh, that's more strategy, fate, yeah. yeah, and luck. I mean, there's a lot of strategy involved, but it's the a cards lot of, have to land the way yeah, the cards you have, have to get to land, the good yeah. hand. Uh, and then other than that, working your shift. That's about it. Watching shows. True Blood ended. I was okay with it. Is it done? Done. It's done. Done. done, done. I was okay with how it ended. I heard that it had the most horrific ending since Lost. No, no. Dexter's was way worse. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> uh, Godzilla shows up. It's, <laughs> you totally will hate it. True Blood, True Blood's ending was okay. Um, if Godzilla I, I showed up and Lost, I, I would have loved it. The editing should have been done <laughs> a little It made more sense than what happened in Lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what the smoke monster is. <laughs> that's what it really I is. I get it. Yeah, that's about it. The Leftovers is almost done, so I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to end. The season, but not the entire run. It's The Leftovers. It's actually stars Christopher, Ecc- Christopher Eccleston with uh, Iowa accents. It's really weird. Um, it's based off a novel. It's pretty much <clears throat> the rapture happens. Oh. But it's everything post... And it's like 1% of the population disappears, or like 3%, some really small amount. <laughs> because, nope. let's be realistic, nope, cares. of the world, that's how many people would get raptured, 3% of the world. Would you notice if 3% of the world disappeared? <laughs> well, yeah, because they're, people notice babies, etc. And so it's kind of this, these cults. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. the Pope goes... But so does... Uh, the Pope goes? The Pope goes, oh, surprisingly. And, so is uh, he supposed to go down with the ship? <laughs> <laughs> Captain stays and, on. And, and Gary Busey. Down with the <coughs> Gary Busey wins? Gary Busey goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's this really weird, slow-paced show like that is just <laughs> oddly fascinating. Wait, a character that Gary Busey plays or actually Gary Busey? Like they, they, they name-drop him. They reference the fact that Gary Busey is gone. <laughs> there, there's a tell him because you you come in like three years later, and you kind of get you're kind of lost. <coughs> lot of it. Nobody expected Busey to go. Wow. <laughs> Somebody he's at a bar and it goes over the TV talking about some of the notable people, and one of the guys at the bar turns to him and goes, "Gary F and Busey. Who would have thought?" <laughs> Because it's on HBO, they got there's not a lot of sex in it. They got to put a lot of profanity. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's a bizarre, bizarre show. Uh, uh, buy da- that. Damon Lindelof is in charge of it. Oh, never mind. I <laughs> was just ju- I was just on the cusp of going. Maybe I should check this off show. The novel out. and the no- the author is involved. Not good enough. It's it's got Justin Theroux as the main guy. No. Um, Christopher Rockinson and he had like one episode focus on him and he's just background a uh, couple other random people that you might recognize might not nice. it's, it's, it's the left behind trailer by the way since we're talking uh-uh, I had not I didn't know Nicholas Cage was in I heard it was going to happen and that he was in it there's a trailer out now so yeah. you get a chance go go watch it I, I presume he's playing Kirk Cameron's yeah I'm pretty sure it's, I think I saw a poster and he's in the 
the pilot outfit. Yeah, he's, so he's a pilot. Yeah, that's all I did. <laughs> Quelled an uprising. The Pope. Yeah, the Pope and Gary Gary Busey. Quail uprising. Quell, quell, quelled an uprising. Quelled an uprising. You're at home. You know, Caesar tried to rally the troops. Oh yeah, I saw. That. Those were fun. Those were fun. I can't take credit for them. I only took the pictures. I would come home. The first time I came home, came in kissed goodnight to Sarah because she's already in bed and trying to sleep. So I let her know I'm home. Came back out, went into the kitchen, and <laughs> there it was. She had sent me like a text, kind of, because jokingly I thought she was just. Joking of, I think Caesar's plotting something. I'm hearing weird noises from the living room, <laughs> <laughs> and I come home and I find that. That's funny. And then the next night, I came home and Rise of the Planet of the Apes is actually playing on the TV. <laughs> I come in as the bridge scene. And I'm almost like, oh, I'll sit down and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> but there was no room on the couch. <laughs> but there wasn't. <laughs> so I have a couple other angles of them too. I don't know if you could tell there were Skittles and snad snacks and the notes. <laughs> That's great. And then uh, she had class Thursday. She she couldn't do it anything else. Then she thought the first one was the better one than the second one. So I don't know I if she's going to try to talk. I, I like both of them equally. So who knows if next week there will be more? <laughs> but th- there probably won't be since I'm coming home and she'll still be up. So. Possible. Not since Rowdy was hiding in the, in the dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. Remind me of those days. <laughs> Lindelof. Sean, what'd you do? It doesn't have his touch to it. I either. don't care, Keith. <laughs> guy That's sucks. what got me in front, intrigued. He should stop writing. He should give somebody else a chance. Well, I'm beginning to wonder if it's Carlton Cuse is why I like Lost. Because he's part of the strain. He's an executive producer on The Strain. So, and I've been liking that. Hmm. And I've been kind of mad on The Leftovers. It's it's fascinating, but I don't know if I care enough to continue it. Just, it I'm so close to the end, I'm going to see the season out. I don't know if I'm going to pick it up for season two. Ten episodes, it's kind of like, well... <laughs> but it's curious. <laughs> but he's not in it. It's, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that, it's, that it's, line it's, right there is enough to make me go, hey, I'll watch this. It's a depressing so show, though. It's so somber. <laughs> With Gary Busey gone, what laughter is there left <laughs> in the world? <laughs> Why do I need to watch it? If the Christians were right, I'll live this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the, that's the other fascinating thing. Christopher Eccleston plays a priest. And he's, he's left behind. So that, I heard that, and I was like, that's kind of interesting. I, I don't know. I know a lot of priests. That's not interesting. <laughs> at all. I I just didn't expect it from a show. I, um, but the Pope got to go. But the Pope got to go. Well, I think I mean it, Gary Busey. Which if you he, believe in that kind of thing, that's more impactful. Is the fact that hey, yeah, because Pope, you're a priest doesn't mean yeah. that you're living your life right. Yeah. That you're going to be one of the ones chosen. Well, and he started <laughs> trying to disprove that it's the rapture, that it's something else going on oh, because. <laughs> Because well, he, if I didn't he, go, well, ex- it must be something. And, and then he else. dug up dirt on all these people that did go. Oh, and wait, so it's Gary Busey. Of, he didn't. He didn't. It, people in his town. It's all focused it on a small town. <laughs> he dug up dirt on. <laughs> a way to make you it worse. You wouldn't have to dig on Gary. <laughs> So and then there's this. I think a full season of I'm with Busey should be (laughs) far enough dirt (laughs) that there's no way 
Yeah, well. I think the finale might have aired tonight, actually. Um, tonight or next week. What did it do this week? It didn't air tonight at all. Never mind. I'm going to go hang out with Gary Busey. <laughs> doing something right. <laughs> next week is the finale. And Friend of the show, Gary Busey, wrote it tonight. <laughs> From heaven. We've, we've Skyped in Gary Busey. Gary, um, so how are you tonight? Gary? 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 Gary's oh, gone. He's gone. Where'd Gary go? I don't what happened? I hope he's okay. He skipped out on it. That was a SpongeBob episode, wasn't it? Where's Gary? <laughs> I think that's a song, too. <laughs> SpongeBob song. SpongeBob song. Where's Gary? Why don't you totally take that song and edit together all the pieces of this show? But just you, this the news report. <laughs> There's only the one. It's the so. one news report. We'll just loop that over. Where's Gary? Gary. Um, I, I love this. That's so <laughs> great. I gotta go find that show now. I don't care if it is Lindelof. I'm gonna go watch this. It won't end well. But. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Gary Busey, I see some disappointment in your future. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this. There's going to be tragedy and and chaos and then some more tragedy. Uh, um, school's in full swing, uh, so I had a lot of school. I worked a lot. Um, I'm not sure if Matt did it on purpose or just. I mean, we had a big sale uh, this weekend on Labor Day, and gives um, you every, do all, every Labor Day. Every Labor Day, but I well, yeah, that, that I'm sure he did on purpose. Uh, the, <laughs> The scheduling, um, oh, oh, oh. I, I, I was scheduled six of seven well, days this so week. so many people, though. Yeah. Well, he hired five more. He's going to get trained, man. Yes, it was only three weeks yeah, ago I, I or two weeks ago that you lost But I, I work six out of seven days, so I have, I don't know, like 53 hours or something this <laughs> week. Big check? Hopefully. Overtime? Yeah, you know. You're not salary. Just... T- t- time and a half of zero is still not exciting, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he'll do the paperwork tomorrow and go, what the hell? <laughs> Dude, I just <laughs> came in when I you do. told me to come in. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't get to do much else because of all that. Um, we did... Uh, no, we didn't even do that. <laughs> I, came, <laughs> I came... I home. should mention the, the, birth, the, the slightly belated birthday gift thing got The official companion, Volume 1, The Firefly. Which has little tidbits of making the show and full uncut shooting scripts. That's on the back. <laughs> oh. We'd have just flipped it over. Or half the episodes uh, up to our Mrs. Reynolds, which includes my favorite episode, or one of my favorite episodes. Which would lead me to believe by process of elimination that the volume two has the, the second half. half of the yeah. season. Yeah. Which would have my other favorite episode, Out of Gas. Out of Gas. It's a good one. Um, so thank you. That's my favorite is out of gas, and then my second favorite is Armas. Mine Reynolds. kind of flips back and forth. It's kind of tied <laughs> because which one you're it's the funny the and the series. Yeah, yeah. It's the two. Jamestown is close. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Close. That one's funny, though, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's in the funny category. Yeah. No, this is what going insane must feel like. <laughs> um, yeah, I came home really late on Friday. Missed most of the first part of Friday Night Who. Half sorry, of. sorry, sorry. I, yeah, well, the half of. Sorry, I didn't join in, kids. I just kind of collapsed into the couch, and Katrina crawled up in my lap and collapsed in my lap, and it was just like, "Yep, yeah, that's where I'm going to be." <laughs> Not doing anything else. So didn't do much. 
Well, shall we move on to? I also then? got a belated birthday gift from Gim. Very, very <laughs> belated. <laughs> uh, mine's when a dagger. Your, when was your birthday, Sean? March. And when did I give this to you? Tonight. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Which is now <laughs> September. I at least crawl up on Christmas. <laughs> You'll get your Christmas present in March. Now. Oh, there we go. Now, I got a dagger and a small note attached that says, Keith stole your present. <laughs> it's the Firefly uh, Volume 1, and uh, you should go get it back. If, if he had that, you would have got that. <laughs> he would have got that, because I knew it was interchangeable. No, I... Uh, get me here. The... Uh, the Doctor Who, The Doctor's Lives and Times, which is very cool, one of those, um, what do you call them, like info, it's a book, but it's uh, <laughs> I always call book. reference books. Reference yeah, book, reference thank you, book, yeah. that's what my brain was reaching for that and couldn't come up with the term, so, uh, and it's a very cool one, and it's got some great uh, little stories and a whole lot more that I'm looking forward to reading, so. I'm excited. That year. I thought you said then. I thought you said a whole lot more than I'm looking forward to reading. A whole lot more oh, than I'm looking well, forward to reading. All right, here, Keith. This, this will be a... Uh, <laughs> no, you can just have oh, this okay. one. It's a twofer. I'll wedge this under the door to keep it open. And, you know. <laughs> one side of the bed sagging. Put it underneath one. Yeah. No, I'm excited to read it. So. Of course, you know, school started, so it won't be That's until... the thing, though. The, the reference books I've always found that I find you can myself... just pick up and Yeah, I read pick them. it up and I read it's it a little good, bit. Really then I, go, I do something else and I read it a little bit. Because, yeah, it's, it is a good bathroom companion. Just don't flag it. <laughs> oh, where would I play Legacy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it's a really bad bathroom companion because he'll stay in there for too long. <laughs> yeah, I've done that, too. But... <laughs> I used to do that with the, uh, the the Star Trek Encyclopedia. I would that would that was my. I'm just going to flip open to a random page, or I would go to look up something if I was writing, and I would go to look it up, and I would spend an hour just page turning and looking. I thought up. about putting the quote book you in there. To look yeah. Up. yeah, I thought about putting the quote book in the bathroom, but then I figured I'd spend all too much time in there. That's what happens to me with the internet. I go to the internet to get one thing. I need this. <laughs> And unfortunately, I know I can get this on Facebook. So I'll go to Facebook for this. And two hours later, I get off Facebook because I'm disgusted with myself, mm-hmm. going, why did you spend all that time on Facebook not getting anything done? And I'll walk off. <laughs> and then I'll go, what was I supposed to do today? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to look up this. So I go back to the computer. <laughs> and it's a vicious Two hours cycle. later. <laughs> it just keeps going. Two hours later. Two hours later. There you go. What is it? Leftovers. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. <laughs> Gary F. and Busey. <laughs> There's some corn here and some peas and some green. Oh, no, those kind of kids. Huh? Might want a new kid. New kid. <laughs> chicken corn. might not be good it's otherwise. Well, let's start off with a uh, somber note since I've been doing the 10 o'clock news all last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. We have lost another Doctor Who actor. Mm-hmm. Bill Kerr passed away. Now... That name might not be instantly recognizable to you, but we did just recently watch his story, Enemy of the World. It was Giles Kent. Mm-hmm. You want the picture? Yeah, I want the picture. Oh, it's the, the other guy. It's okay. The good guy turns out to be one of the bad guys. Yeah, the other guy. Mm-hmm. The other bad guy. The other bad guy. Oh, well, that's. So we're sad to hear him. That's sad. He passed he had away. To be old, though. I mean, he had to be in his probably 80s. It's nice that... Uh, I mean, he was not born, that that's excusable, he was but born sometimes, in 22. you know, that's a long life. So, well, 22? Oh, wow. Oh, he's older than that. He's, he's in his 90s. No. No? Yes. Yes. He is be, 92. In 22, it'd be 100 years. Yeah. So. 92. 92. Yeah. So, a, he lived a, a nice long, long life. life. That's, 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 I mean, that's at least the silver lining there is that... Did it say what he 
passed on as from? It does not. Might be old age. I mean, Gary Busey. Some, <laughs> sometimes he died at his home in Perth. Yeah. That's just it. Sometimes the at, at ninety-two. Well, rest in peace, Bill, and uh, thoughts and prayers. I'm glad we now have all of family. his stories. Does it make it any less impactful when somebody yeah. passes away? To, we're still but we can at least appreciate his story where previously it would be a... Did he do any other Doctor Who besides <laughs> just, just that just one? Just one. He's, he's done a lot of other you stuff. You know, here, here's, the, here's the nice thing. Here's the silver lining right here, is that that episode got found and recovered... And people got to enjoy that before he passed on. And yeah. I hope he knew that. I hope and he, hopefully he got to rewatch yeah, it. I hope he recognized that. Because there's a... How many have passed from ones that are in missing episodes that haven't oh, recovered yeah. yet? And we haven't had a chance to... And especially since... Enjoy them. Re- rediscover post them. the discovery, a lot of appreciation and talk of Enemy of the World came out. Yeah. Yeah. After they've been released. A uh, little happier news. A lot happier. <laughs> little happier Especially news for me. <laughs> Very happy news for Glenn. Doctor Who is coming to Minecraft on Xbox. Yay! The 360, the 360 edition. edition, not Xbox One. Surprisingly, is there a uh, Minecraft for Xbox One mm-hmm. yet? I don't know if there's one yet. I think I know there's one in the works. They're they're uh, they're working very diligently dumbing down the graphics <laughs> to. Uh, <laughs> Because you know the Xbox One is just so uber powerful that they would just not look right. So, so in two years, <laughs> Doctor Who will come to PlayStation on Minecraft, yeah. <laughs> and then you'll start playing. Yeah. No, I still won't. There's a canine. Uh, there is, is there a lot of detail in there? We could call it a uh, carrot. Uh, There's somebody. Some stuff. Uh, Caitlin and I were looking around for some stuff, and and it looked like maybe the first pack will include a character inspired by the Twelfth Doctor as well as five other Doctors. And each of their on-screen companions and some other doctors, well-known adversaries, including Daleks, Zygons, Ice Warriors. Uh, this says at least six doctors. Doesn't you're say which the one. Same, you're reading the same thing I did. Well, see, I, it wasn't so much who it was going to be, is how it was going to be. Because you can do two. You can do two things with downloadable content with Minecraft. One is called. Skins and skins are essentially are ways to make your character change and look like other characters. So there might be a skin for the you know twelfth Doctor, Clara, other Doctors as yeah. well. Um, the other thing that you can do are what are called texture packs, and what those texture packs do is, is it changes the environment. So um, a good example is Minecraft has a, a just a, a basic def- default look. Um, if you install say the plastic texture pack, everything has a plasticky more Lego look. Uh, everything's smoother and sleeker and has ed- you know, like little beveled edges and things like that. And some people do. We also downloaded a candy texture pack. So trees are like, you know, licorice So it looks like candy land. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so, kind of cute. But what comes along with the texture pack then is because skins are particularly character related, texture packs will often change the uh, environment, including the... Uh, livestock and uh, creatures and that would make sense. Uh, the monsters in the game. So what we're hoping is that it's a texture pack as well, because then you know zombies might become Daleks, um, uh, witches might become weeping angels, uh, other things like that in the game. So cre- you know creatures that you I guess uh, probably skeletons would be weeping angels. So so you'll actually have some of those adversaries we'll as switch. monsters that, that you battle as well. I know the one picture that I saw from I don't know if it was that article or not, but there was a picture that showed a Dalek. We saw that, game, but we so. wondered if that was a skin, because sometimes skins are set up where like all of the, we, we downloaded the Spider-Man 
texture pack or not texture pack, uh, skin pack for Mason, and you can obviously dress as, as the lizard and, and the wow. uh, green goblin and, and the, you know, all of those different things. So, so you might be able to dress as a Dalek instead Possibly. of a doctor. Possibly, that'd be interesting. Uh, it will be two ninety nine in the U.S. It's about standard for that sort of DLC. And it's going to come out in September sometime. Well, yeah, yeah. a texture pack is usually two ninety nine, and the skins are usually most about most DLCs like that are so about good. that. Uh, apparently, it's going to bring the deal is going to bring more as time goes on, and they, it calls them specifically skin packs. Oh, okay, all right. And each skin pack will feature at least six doctors, and will be released regularly following. So it looks like there's going to be more than just one. Cool. So if well, you're an Xbox the, and Minecraft fan. One of the cool things is uh, for the computer, because computer is a little more f- free modding. Yeah. Uh, in the Xbox, you can't mod, but you can mod on your computer. And they you actually can download pretty much any skin that anybody designs out there. And I actually, my computer do- uh, uh, character is the fourth doctor. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. But it'll nice be able to, be, be nice to be able to do it on the Xbox. Yeah. <clears throat> And have it official. That's right. Uh, last bit of news. Uh, on Monday it was the Emmys. And tangentially speaking, cousin of Doctor Who, Sherlock won a lot of, uh, quite a few Emmys. Uh, and actually I heard some, I think on the Five-ish Fangirls, that it won the most number of Emmys total this year. Beating out Breaking Bad. Good job, uh, Including... Martin Freeman as Best Supporting, Benedict Cumberbatch as Best Actor, and this is for miniseries or movie, and Stephen Moffat for the Outstanding Writing. That's awesome. Now, here's the part... Which I'm surprised by the episode it was. That's the part that kind of bothers me. Because it's me. his last bow. It's the third I thought, episode. I thought they would have gone with the second episode I thought was so much stronger. It wasn't the third episode. Yeah, his last bow. I thought the last, his last vow was the wedding episode. What was nope. that called? Uh, the something of three. Yeah. Sign of three. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because we all, not that we didn't like it, but we all kind of had that, that little... That was my least favorite of them. That, that yeah. little yeah, niggling problem with the very ending. And yeah. it was kind of like, but that's the one that wins the Emmy for best writing. And it's kind of like, hmm. Maybe so, Moffat didn't want to share. It's a strong, strong story until the end, though. So. Yeah. yeah, it is. Hmm, interesting. I would, I would still even put the first one stronger. Hmm. But good for them. But yeah. good for them. And they won uh, four Creative Arts Emmys also. I don't know which ones they were. but yeah. Cool. Hooray. Want to talk about that other piece of news? Go for it. The Guardians of the Galaxy is yeah. now the number one movie of the year, box office wise. D- domestic. Domestic. You keep putting caveats on there. I know. <laughs> it's just... Well, that's because there's a. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Well, you know that Age of Extinction, Transformers Four, has made oh yeah eight hundred million. Unfortunately, overseas, which I don't understand. I thought they had a more sophisticated palette than that over there, but <clears throat> um, the French like Jerry Lewis. <laughs> That's true. I, I was. I guess I forget to lump in some of those other countries. And, and Gary Busey. <laughs> Where's Gary? 
Gary's gone. <laughs> when do we panic? When the news breaks that Gary Busey has disappeared, when do we get when do we get concerned? I'm fixated on this. Is that the barometer? Is he the parrot that you've taken down in the coal mine? When Gary Busey's gone, it's time to worry. Ooh, Donald the Planet of the Apes rises number one in China, though. <laughs> See, there's a silver lining for everybody. <laughs> you just have to look for it. Worldwide total of six hundred and thirteen million. <clears throat> now, I would just, I just, the, the fact that this little movie that everybody was genuinely concerned might be their first flop, and then it surpasses everything else domestically in the U.S. To yeah, I'm going to go see it again just for that. <laughs> so, like, oh, and it, it just goes to show that superhero movies and these sort of things should be fun. Well, I think James, there, there, there is room for the darkness, like Dark Knight and those movies, but then. You need fun to balance it. I, I think James Gunn said it best when he, he hopes that the lesson that's to be pulled from this by the rest of Hollywood is that when you have a, a, a script for a project that you're passionate about and you have passionate people working on it and everybody believes that it can be done and you get these you know actors and, and, and screenwriters and directors and everybody together and the studio believes in it, that that's when good things happen and that it's not this cookie cutter approach to, well, we've got to do this, 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 and this, because that's what's trending demographically, you know? So it's not the Michael Bay formula that you need. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's next? That's it for news. That's all I had. And we left out, I guess, purposefully, uh, didn't bring this up earlier. Uh, the news about from Big Finish and uh, I did not see that news. Okay, and then uh, the other bit of news. What's, what's the news from Big Finish? Was, now that you brought was, it up, what is was, it? Well, the first bit of news was that um, Doctor Who Deep Breath is not going to be investigated by the British Film Board uh, oh, okay. for its uh, interspecies kiss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The second bit of news was, uh, you guys know that Ian Levine's in the hospital. He had a stroke a couple weeks ago. Oh, no, I didn't that. hear that. Uh, and I guess, and I, the, the, the man's name escapes to me, Dan... Harmon. No. Uh, <laughs> Fogelberg. No, no, no. He's the artist for, he's a freelance artist for Big Finish that has done uh, oh, the Dark Eyes sets. See. Oh, I don't know. I, I had his name earlier, and it's, it has completely gone out of my head. Busey? Anyway, he made some, yeah, he made some... Um, that would be slightly <laughs> went out of my head. He's gone. Where's Gary? Um, he uh, he made some disparaging remarks on Twitter, which I, it's part of the reason I didn't bring this up from news is because I just don't think that, that we need to perpetuate on it. But since I did bring it up, now you're curious. Uh, he was released from uh, Big. Actually, he walked away from projects at Big Finish based on the material that he wrote on Twitter, disparaging uh, in uh, in Levine, who just recently had the stroke. So. He made a comment on Twitter that was actually quite disgusting. <laughs> about the I saw that BBC was stepping away from him. I did not see why. BBC is not or not not the big finish. To do. <laughs> big finish. Yeah. So that happened this week. Well, that's and rather you know unfortunate. It's, that it's a yeah unfortunate situation, and it's a personal issue. And that's why I didn't bring it up. Fair so. enough. <laughs> We're not going to. But I thought we'd say it so that people didn't go. Why didn't they talk about this this week? <laughs> So now let's move on Be- to feedback. Because once again, we're not your source of news. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because something big's going to break if, tomorrow. If, if you're coming here for news, I got news for you. <laughs> we're going to talk about Gary Busey's disappearance for weeks. 
That's the stuff that we're on this Doctor Who podcast. We're not going to bring you the, 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 the Who news. We're going to bring you Gary Busey. By the way, has anybody seen Gary Busey lately? I have not seen Gary Busey lately. Has he done anything recently? I don't I tend don't to watch True TV, though. Does he on True TV a lot? He used to be. I don't oh, know. Okay. <laughs> I know he was part of the U- the World's Dumbest series that they were doing. Oh, was he one of the panelists? The Smoking the, Gun Presents World Dumbest. Uh, Comedians, whatever. What they, call they called them guys? celebrities, but they Suspect. I, I didn't recognize most of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did you hear about Gary Busey's new show? It's called Cops. <laughs> they have a game. They have a name for those now. I don't Guys, know. Well, they're they're, 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 they're comedians they're, mostly. Well, they're, they're not always, but they usually are. Yeah, but there's a name for them though when they do those type of shows where they they Commentators? make commentary. No, it's no. I don't know, and I don't even know why I'm trying <laughs> to think of it. Because <laughs> anyways, feedback. feedback. First up, feedback. Where's Gary Busey? <laughs> I think that's our episode title. Ah. <laughs> uh, Gary. First up, Lisa. Comment question. Hello, fellow travelers in the vortex. Hope I hope everyone is feeling fine. Post new Doctor Who, new Doctor and new Doctor Who. For the most part, I enjoyed Deep Breath. I enjoyed the Don't Look in the Mirror. It's absolutely furious for our new Doctor. The way he says things under his breath and the looks he gives Clara as he does this are priceless. <laughs> I wish Eleven had contacted Clara earlier in the episode. Having met at the end of the episode only reminded me how much I wanted to go on adventures, even scary ones with Eleven. <laughs> here, here, Lisa. <laughs> I have a question regarding the episode. Who was with the barouche Clara is wearing? What was with? What was? Well, sorry. <laughs> what was with the barouche Clara is wearing and touches when her and the doctor are trapped? In the under restaurants. Oh, the yeah, the, the necklace, little, the the brooch, the brooch. <laughs> the brooch. I, that it does not look like how I thought brooch was spelled. <laughs> it's uh, not better. She, she, don't she did fix she it. Messing with it. She did. She, she played with yeah. it a lot. Well, but that was what summoned them when they said draw. Oh, that's what it was. It yeah. lit up. That's what summoned the Pattermaster Master game. Master yeah. game. But was, she kept. It, but she kept grabbing at it while they were in the restaurant. She kept doing this like fidgeting thing with it. But you're right. It was. I, I they, think that was because of. Yeah. That. It, was, it was. She. She. Maybe it was the. I need to call. Him. Well, not yet. Oh, we're trying. Wait, it was, not it was, yet. It was the answer to that question. By the way, it was, it was a signaling device for the Pattermaster game. Gang. Was it designed by somebody at Blue Peter? I don't know that it was. I only saw the three listed when I was doing some scouring around the internet this week. So. Uh, she continues, the doctor says something like, they would not have sent you without a word. Clara says, Geronimo, and she touches the brooch. It turns blue and then drops in Jenny Vassar and Strax. Did I miss something? Is that a sonic device? <laughs> what is with the name using... Question, but I guess. Or what is with using the name Geronimo? That's an 11 and Amy thing. <laughs> well, that's an... Just an eleven thing, and with Clara with eleven, that yeah, makes sense to it's, me. It's an eleven thing, and I think it was it was a carryover because Clara. Obviously well, it was, was it, it was an eleven thing because it was very much a Jenny Vex, Vax. It's all one person now, Jenny Vax and Vastra thing that they were familiar with. That they came in from the same. That would be the code word, Geronimo. Although I was listening to Verity, and they pointed out that the way Vastra reacts. To his regeneration is like she's seen it before. She probably has. So kind of interesting. I wonder what other doctors she's seen. I don't know. Who do you think? Uh, who do you think found her? I totally see Pertwee finding her. 
Yeah. Because that would give her experience with an older doctor, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyways, uh, sorry, Lisa. I found it more of the unearned everything for Clara. Surprise, Clara is the trophy companion. Did the circuit have to say the sister ship of the Madame Pompadour on it? Could the doctor not have said something like, that is so familiar, clockwork robots, French arist- aristocracy, and looking at Clara and a woman? I might have flirted with that one. And she gave a smiley face. I think that, yeah, I, I, I kind of wondered the same thing, but I think part of that is because of the fact that they, they couldn't give too much away because I think that... You couldn't have the... I think all of this is going... I think the reason why he can't put his finger on what... Why he can't remember, it all seems familiar, is because it's something that's going to carry over later. And I think had he remembered too much about that to kind of make that work a little better... It would have given away or given up some of that mystery of why he can't put his finger on it, why he's having a hard time remembering it. Um, so, unfortunately, we had to get it conveyed to us with the sister ship of the Madame de Bourbon. Yeah. So. Well, it doesn't actually say sister ship. It, it's well, we don't see got, it. No, sister, we did. It, I it, got sister ship it, from it, somewhere. No, I mean, he says it. We don't see so it. He says but it. The, but the, the, the circuit itself is stamped um, the SS Madame Curie. Mm-hmm. And no, when he sees not that. Madame Curie. Yes. No. Uh, Marie Antoinette. Or Marie Antoinette, pardon me. Uh, that's what it's stamped. And when he sees that, he says, the sister ship to the Madame de Pompadour. Oh, okay. Maybe it's on the other side. I know I got it no. from somewhere. <laughs> he doesn't flip it over at all? No, that, that, was just the, the, that was just enough of the connection that he remembered the name. Oh, okay. Okay. I've, I've, I knew I bought it from that's somewhere. Yeah. And that, right, that's I remember he, seeing. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it's because it, it says the, the the name of the actual it ship. It says that the he Marie Antoinette on there. Yeah. And then he says, "Oh, it's the sister ship of the such and such," which is just enough for him to get that that leap. But then he goes, "No, nah, it doesn't ring a bell." And so it's yeah, it's, okay. But, but that was the right. the for everybody else in the room. Oh, yeah. moment. So uh, she continues. There was too much hand holding in the audi- uh, of the audience for me. The show should not be working so hard to address the audience's needs. Yeah. Hoping the show is not becoming too self aware, super. Too self-referential, trying too hard, and loaded with inside baseball. I've had several people say they hope the fangirls don't like the new series and leave so they can have their show back. Yeah, it's all about excluding tell. not the not we side. Uh, I hate, I'm, I'm with. I don't you, agree Lisa. with that, I, yeah, I, Lisa. I'm with you, Lisa. I just I'm, I get tired of hearing people say that because, yeah, that's, I think people also need to remember it's a. Small but vocal in minority, and 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 to address the self-referential, I, I think we we know a little more now since we've seen another episode. But uh, I really kind of felt that that was just needed for that first episode as a transitional yeah. thing. So I don't well, think, I, I, I don't, I don't think there's going to be more callbacks. If if you want to be, are if, are we talking Watsonian self-referential or Doyleist self-referential, like out of universe or in story self-referential? Because there's always going to be callbacks. Well, sure. I don't. I think she's meaning outside of the outside show. Of the okay. Yeah. Those were big words. <laughs> Sorry. Where's Gary? <laughs> you know, on that on that same note, <laughs> something else I thought about all week. I kept hearing all these people making. Oh, did you see the the, the um, Sherlock references? Did it, have, it was so Sherlockian. Did you see the Sherlock references? And so many people are comparing it to New Sherlock. I don't, I don't see that no, at all. No, it was Arthur Conan Doyle Sherlock. Yes, it was very Sherlockian, but it was it was it's old school Sherlock. Yeah. It was, and but they've done that from the beginning since they invented uh, since they came up with Madame Vasher and Jenny. 
that that's been the influence was Sherlock Holmes mysteries, Arthur Conan Doyle. So well, they I'm even getting a little frustrated with all these people going, "Oh, it's so much like Sherlock." It's so it's like like Sherlock is something that Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch would have done. No, I, something I, that Sherlock Holmes from the novels would have done. Those, those would be the I, I think if it weren't for the hair <laughs> pulling and testing the air. There would be less of that. If, if this is where, because that's where I felt like it could have been more like modern than. But if, if old you, Sherlock would have done that I didn't too. Get it there right. either. Yeah. If, if you want to, if you want to argue about something, instead of saying, "Oh, I hope the fangirls get out of our fandom," why don't you say, "Hey, guys, go read a book." <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> this isn't new material. This, this, this is not new material. <laughs> We're referencing something that's been around for a hundred some odd years. I mean, as, as Mark Gatiss <laughs> likes to point out, hundred fifty year old spoiler: John Watson gets married. <laughs> 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 All right, sorry, go on. <laughs> uh, not up for the horror of the human skin balloon. <laughs> Hashtag skin balloon. Hashtag skin balloon. <laughs> or the doctor wearing a person's actual face. I really watched the After Who special. That's why it, it that, that's trended. Why it trended. You oh, said yeah. it was trending that night. Nobody nobody brought up the fact that it was. I thought I mentioned that. I thought maybe we, you did. I thought okay. we mentioned it specifically. I, maybe you but, did. I, I saw that and I went... Well, that's why it was trending. They yeah. pushed it to trend. Of well, course yeah. it was. But, I mean, just the fact that... The, but it was still... Uh, how many people were watching the After Who after show? Yeah, but... Because there was a whole hour no, in between. But no, here's why. is because even if you were watching the After Who show, you know if you, Hardwick if dogs, and, and uh, yeah. uh, Will, or, Will Wheaton are on there. So you, but, but, any geek on the internet's going to go, hey, they're tri- they went to trend that? Yeah. It would just been word of mouth over the well, internet. But I, I, I still think that's impressive that you consider... <clears throat> we've got three guys. We've got Chris Hardwick, who... He runs this little nerdist podcast thing. He's yes, it's a bigger. big geek thing, but it's a little show. We've got Will Wheaton, who arguably is a big geek, but... Unfortunately, it, his current show got... Did yeah. not get renewed. Yeah. I mean, it's just... What show is it? Will Wheaton Project. The Will Wheaton Project oh, on Swifty. His sci-fi version of the soap. That's right. Um, so, I mean, we've, got, soup. Sorry, we, we've soup. got Will Wheaton, and then we've got Alton Brown. <laughs> so, you can't... And, the, uh, what's her face? Um... Natalie Morales. I had no idea she was a Who fan. Yeah. But, I mean, you've got these three guys that are going, Maybe we should get this. she wasn't a Who fan. I'm oh, sorry. I thought, no, I, 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 thought, I, I got the I impression, got the impression she, she, was. she enjoyed the episode. I got the impression <laughs> she was a Who fan. Just the fact that these three guys can hold that much sway over the rest of Twitter. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That, to no, me, I, was the impressive thing. Okay. And then it was I thought Doctor you just related, based but, on the fact that it, uh, from Doctor Who. I well, I, meant, so. yeah, that's in and of itself is cool. But just the fact that these three guys have that gotcha. much sway over it to say, hey, you know what? We should get half trending and people listen. We don't have that much poll. Oh, sure we do. We got mentioned in the newspaper this week. Well, we do too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Here's what we want to do. Right now. When you stop listening, I want you to go to your Twitter handle, and I want Where's Gary to start trending. <laughs> Hashtag Where's Gary. Hashtag Where's Gary. That's, I'm going to do it right now. Keep reading. Sorry, Sorry Lisa. Lisa. We keep <laughs> your feedback. It's been a silly night. Um, did you notice that it looked a lot? Did you notice it looks a lot like a bald Matt Smith? I did not notice that. Lisa. Oh yeah, actually, now that she says that, the the face that the he puts that on mm. totally looks like bald Matt Smith. I'll have to go back and look closer. I wonder if they pulled that off the the hairpiece map. Uh, when, when they when they designed, yeah, well, I mean, when they designed the hairpiece to go on his head, wouldn't they have cast a mold of his head to make sure the hair sat right? I have. Don't you think? Yeah, but they could have done just this 
heart. I watched Face Off. They haven't addressed it that yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know it's meant to be an analog for me, but this year has been a wall-to-wall horror. From the stealing of hundreds of girls in Nigeria to the invasion of Ukraine by Russia to the onslaught that continues in most of the Middle East, to Ebola in West Africa, to commercial airlines disappearing or being shot down by Russians over Ukraine. I just don't need horror and gore for entertainment. Personally, I don't understand how anyone finds it entertaining, but we have at least uh, seven Saw movies and only one Serenity. (laughs) There's an injustice for you. Mm -hmm. I will continue to watch and see if the show continues down this dark fourth... down the dark fourth doctor with a pinch of six and a dash of seven road it appears to be on. Probably not my cup of tea, frowny face. Bring on Danny Pink. I think having two guys together will be great. They can share the mystery that is women. Women. <laughs> Smiley face. Wishing Computer Capaldi the best of his childhood dream of being the doctor. So until next time, take care, everyone. Lisa. P.S. Noticing other podcasts are following your lead by starting a Patreon. Patron page. Well done, sirs. <laughs> to be fair, Five-ish got it out before us. Well, so did Radio Free Zero. They've had it for a while. Yeah. <clears throat> and and thank you that. for contributing to that, Lisa. Yes. Thank you very thank much, you very much Lisa. And if you would like to follow Lisa's lead and contribute to our Patreon yes, page, we do. would certainly appreciate it. <laughs> we still need a server. <laughs> <clears throat> Up next is Mark. Mark writes, no subject. Thanks, Mark. He wrote that? He did write that. I assume he wrote that. Nope. Maybe Google wrote that. I'll keep this brief as to not... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wait. There's one before There's that. one before that. I am reading the wrong Mark. You're going to read that one right I'm after. I'm going to read this one first. Okay. And then you're going to read that one directly See, If following. I hadn't read the subject line as a joke, you wouldn't have caught me. It's true. All right. Mark writes feedback. Hi, guys. I realize I've probably missed the feedback for the week, but I just thought... Hmm... I've just realized that whenever I write an email now, I hear Sean's voice in my head reading it out. (laughs) That's why you put Mark second in (laughs) it. I'm sure I'll get to a point where wherever I read anything, I'll hear it in Sean's voice. I think it's because he's the one who usually reads these babies out. Thinking about it, I've been listening to you guys for, what, two years now? Three? How long ago was episode ten? So I'm sure somewhere in my subconscious I've got a complete soundboard for every word said by you guys. And that's just about enough to fill a book. God, I hope that made sense. I'm a bit under the weather today, so the concept of syntax and grammar is lost on me. Mm-hmm. Speaking of loss, what's with all these celebrity deaths recently? Robin Williams? Richard Attenborough? Lauren Bacall? It's all too much. I have to agree, Mark. somebody else just recently. Don Pardo and somebody else. Uh... Last I saw was Richard Attenborough. Richard was the most recent one, I believe. It's going to bug me out. Sorry, I procrastinated from the point of this email. I just thought I'd write in to tell you guys that your Ice Bucket Challenge video was hilarious. I've chucked quite a few quid toward the charity because of that video alone. Probably should have used a gentler verb than chucked. (laughs) (laughs) So it was rather successful good deed. Every time one of these little Traveling the Vortex videos come out, I find myself in hysterics. Sean, you really have physical comedy nailed. The minute gestures you make when talking and so on. Good work, mate. I just didn't think I was talented. Thanks. <laughs> Actually, it's, it has nothing to do with acting. He's just like yeah, that. that's, that's <laughs> how he is. It's it's not just, acting. It really is. I just that's that's just me. Um, 
Keith Glenn, I realize that it seems as though I've only been praising Sean there, but if he gets too big-headed, you can slowly break him down over the course of the next two hours. <laughs> no hitting, though. Oh, that's no fun. Uh, as usual, by the time the podcast wraps, I will be back to my normal level-headed self because <laughs> they will not let me. Uh, anyway, you guys are a joy to listen to as always. I've attached a link to my blog review of Deep Breath, uh, Deep Breath Below should any of you want to check it out. See you, well, hear you next week. All the best, Mark McMarmite. P.S. Loving the Minecraft talk lately. I don't play the game myself, but I keep finding myself going back to Stampy Longnose's videos. <laughs> Good God, that guy is entertaining. <laughs> and we will post Mark's... Stampy is funny. He's funny. Him and Squid. I ballistic Squid. We will post Mark's uh, link in the show notes. He uh, wrote in again, uh, this time with no subject. I'll keep this brief as to not drag you guys away from the review of Into the Dalek, but I just thought I'd say, what do you guys think about the idea that the reason why Capaldi looks like the guy from Fires of Pompeii is because in a timey-wimey way, he's trying to tell himself there are no fixed points in time. Good, 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 good. I imagine this might come into play in the future, and what is a better way of conveying that message than to make sure he donned the face of a man he broke the first law of time to save? Just a thought. Figured I'd pitch it to you guys. Happy podcast. Good. I like it. I like it a lot. I think I'll he, be kind of disappointed if they don't go with that now. I think Capaldi looks a lot like the guy from Fires of Pompeii because it was Capaldi in Fires of Pompeii <laughs> and not Gary Busey. <laughs> I don't know. I'd say goodness. <laughs> Maybe Gary Busey from like 30 years ago, but I don't know about now. Wasn't he on that list of American doctors? What if? No, I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'm remembering wrong. I don't remember who all was on that because I didn't agree with most of it. <laughs> Up next is Alex. I thought it wasn't a bad list. Some of it I was okay with, some I did not agree. Alex writes, Don't be lasagna. Hey guys, Alex here, writing in for the fr- writing in for the first time in a while. I thought I said for the first time. No, you're not. <laughs> writing in for the first time in a you, while. You liar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit behind in your podcast. The minute I lost my headphones a few weeks ago, and I generally listen to TTV while I'm on the go. So that puts something of a dent in my listening time. But I'm endeavoring to catch up so I can join in on the discussion of Series Eight. Isn't it Alex who uh, dived behind a planter? I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> while no, he was, while he was, was in a store. Well, yeah, shopping. While, while he was on the go. Yeah. <laughs> so while I'm still catching up, here are my thoughts on the first two episodes. I'm really looking forward to hearing what you guys thought of them. Deep Breath was, for me at least, a fantastic introduction to the new Doctor. Capaldi met every expectation and exceeded many, and he had me from the word hot shush. <laughs> what <laughs> he a was, great first line. <laughs> no, he was manic at times and melancholy at others, and though his portrayal is certainly less inviting than Smith or Tennant's, he was always recognizably the Doctor. I think that in particular, Capaldi benefited from the feature length of death, of Deep Breath. Long, dialogue-heavy scenes, like the conversation with the tramp or the meeting with Clara in the restaurant, really helped flesh out his character and provided some excellent lines to boot. Speaking of Clara, Jenna Coleman was at her best in this episode. Her struggle with accepting the Doctor's new form was well presented and incredibly interesting, as I don't think the show has really tackled that idea to such a large extent before. To that end, I really appreciate Matt Smith's cameo towards the end of the story, as I'm sure Keith did. Yes. A few people have complained that it felt 
a bit too much of a fan-serving scene and undermined Capaldi, but I honestly don't feel like this is this was a reassur. I'm sorry. I honestly didn't feel like this was a reassuring the fangirls moment at all. It felt completely right for the story they were trying to tell. Capaldi's lines directly afterwards: "I'm not on the phone. I'm standing right here in front of you, and you don't see me. Do you have any idea what that's like?" Were the most powerful of the episode for me as they really made me think about a generation and dissonance between faces the doctor must really feel completely uh, excuse feel in a completely different way plot wise the episode was a bit simplistic but that was pretty much what i expected from such a character driven story and the multitude of nudges and winks to the girl in the fireplace were much appreciated the question is did the half face man jump or was he thrown out Personally, I don't think it matters. The Doctor is still responsible for his death either way, since he either talked him into jumping or outright forced him to. But I'm curious to hear what uh, everyone else's theories. That's a good point. That is a really good point. It's 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 still on his hands. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. He looked looked at that way. Schrodinger's cat. (laughs) Schrodinger's cat. Both. Uh, I didn't enjoy Into the Dalek quite as much. It had some great moments. The beginning with the Doctor materializing around Journey Blue before her ship blew up was excellent, and the heated exchange between them afterwards was fantastic as well. Pretty much every scene at Cole Hill was fun too, especially the head-banging on the desk moment. But overall, this episode just didn't really grab me. None of the big plot twists felt all that dramatic or surprising. I saw the Dalek turning evil once the radiation leak was fixed, a mile off, and the Doctor's mind being too full of hatred to fix the Dalek wasn't much of a surprise either. I guess my problem was that this episode felt too much like familiar ground. All the themes concerning the Doctor's attitude towards Daleks and how he himself would make a good Dalek have already been tackled in previous stories, and this episode didn't really contribute anything new to the idea. Comparing the Doctor to the Daleks made sense in Eccleston's era following the aftermath of the Time War. Here, it feels outdated and unnecessary. Personally, I think that Capaldi could have should have been allowed a little more time to really establish who his doctor was before he was given a Dalek story. I also felt that the guest cast in this episode was poorly used. Both Michael Smiley and Zaw Ashton, is it Zaw or Zawe? I have no idea. Zawe Ashton uh, are talented act- actors, but neither of them are really giving much material to work with beyond basic mat- militaristic stereotypes. Still, Capaldi and Coleman continued to impress, so it wasn't all bad. I also really admired the set design in this story. The production crew must have sent, spent a lot of time and money making the interiors really feel like the inside of a Dalek. Overall, I think Into the Dalek was a great concept, but it just lacked the substance that would have made it a great story. I think that's all for me for now. Hopefully I've caught up with the podcast within the next week or so. Oh, before I forget, I have another British TV show recommendation to make. There's a conspiracy thriller on Channel 4 called Utopia, which recently finished its second season. It's an incredibly well-put-together show. The music and directing in particular are stunning, and each scene feels almost like a, an art piece. The plot is really well-woven, too, though I won't tell you much about it since it'll be much more fun if you go in fully blind. I will warn you in advance, though, that it's a dark show, a very dark show. Check it out if you have a chance. I hope everyone on your side of the pond is happy and healthy, and I look forward to writing in again soon. Happy traveling, Alex. 
Thanks, Thank Alex. Alex. Thank you, Alex. We'll have to try to check it out before the Fox show premieres called Utopia and get a bunch of confusion over um, the episode you're trying to find. We're going to tackle some of his things yes. um, later mm-hmm. in our reviews. So, yeah. all right. I'm going to leave that up because I want to be able to reference back to Because there are a couple of things thoughts. I want to talk about. Yeah. Too. Uh, up next, Dr. Phil's and then some audio. So let's take a listen. A little bit of feedback on Into the Dalek from last night. Um, it's really warming to Capaldi, and I think the relationship between Capaldi's doctor and Jenna Coleman's Clara is a lot more interesting. Scenes like that with Danny Pink and the emphasis on soldiers versus non-soldiers. There's a theme at the, throughout that feels a lot like Resurrection of the Daleks from the Fifth Doctor story where the Daleks come blasting through to kill all of the people guarding Davros. Reminded me a lot of the kind of tone, the darker tone of that color, color palette and also just kind of the worldview. And I was impressed at the beginning with, this, with the um, um, chase sequence that the Doctor, of course, saves the pilot, and a lot of his decisions are very calculated, and I thought it was extremely neat how the whole thing revolved around, can a Dalek learn beauty? And the Doctor nearly succeeds, and I think it's great. The only thing that seems clunky in the episode, and this is a completely superficial comment on my part, is how the images behind Capaldi as he's convincing the, doc, the Dalek to see beauty just look absolutely terrible. But besides that, there's a whole lot of depth in this story, and I think Phil Ford is one who does need to come back again and again um, to offer what his insights are on Doctor Who, because I think together with Stephen Moffat, they create a really rich and thoughtful um, and thought-provoking story for us to kind of wrap our brains around. And even the little bit about it being fantastic voyage into a Dalek is really just kind of a hook. It's not even really a major part of what the story is about. And I was kind of pleased by that is that it was just a small portion of what was really a rich and thoughtful story. Anyway, looking forward to hearing what you guys think. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dr. Phil. Yes. And I'm kind of surprised that this is only his second episode he's co-written. And it's interesting that he's always co-writing them. Yeah. Where Waters of Mars is great, but from when I looked at his Sarah Jane adventures, I wasn't as impressed. Yeah, I think that uh, we're maybe about he's better. Forward. Yeah, um, maybe he's better with the darker stuff. Well, and somebody pointed out on something this week that there are a lot of co-written episodes uh, with Pe- this uh, season. Stephen Moffat this season. Yeah. And I wonder if uh, part of that is. Moffat kind of feels like he needs to steer the boat a little better, and so he's stepping in and, and and doing more than guiding scripts and maybe doing a little more writing so that they do concisely well, move into port. Well, and it could be very possible that he's writing all... Moffat's writing a lot of the Cole Hills cool stuff. Or the and, Missy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and the Missy stuff. Yeah. And then um, Phil Ford wrote most of... What the actual Dalek storyline. Right. Right. I doubt. I, I don't even think it's broken down that succinctly. I'm I, sure I, it's I, not, I think but knowing that his the Moffat master plan with where he's going with moving the goalposts in this new regeneration, that he's got something in plan for that, and why the Doctor can't remember certain things. Well, because he wrote name of the Doctor, he wrote day of the Doctor, he wrote time of the Doctor. So and he, he's had and yeah, he's had that you know. That, yeah. that that whole run up to it, and yeah. I suspect that he probably has uh, not just an arc, but a very specific da 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 beat measured out for Capaldi's Doctor. I would agree. 
and that he's bringing these other writers in to kind of flesh out the rest of the story as long as it conforms to I've got to get this moment, this moment, and this moment yeah. here in this episode because it's going to be important later on. I would agree. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. I agree. Uh, up next, Holly. Holly writes, Into the Daleks. Hey guys, I have to say I enjoyed this episode. We get a bit more of the Doctor's dynamic with Clara. He seems to be getting a bit better with his timing of when he tells her that he's going to be back or taking her back to a certain point in time. I'm really interested in finding out more about Danny Pink. I love the incredible voyage feel of the episode with the Doctor, Clara, and some of the soldiers get shrunk down and actually, or to actually go inside the Dalek. I love the nickname the Doctor came up with. I, I agree. That was a nice, rusty, nice, nice point. Uh, Clara even calling the Doctor out on him not believing the possibility of there being a good Dalek bring back some echoes of the Seventh Doctor ebook that we read. Missy shows up again, still trying to put my finger on her. Guess we'll we'll just have to wait and see. But I think Glenn, you were kind of right on last week in saying that somebody's going to be saved in every episode. Uh, she continues, we finally get the am I a good man scene, Claire's response to him of that he tries to be. Well, I'll wrap it up here. I'm sure more feedback waiting. I'm looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this story in next week's episode as well. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. And we do have more feedback. Chrissy is next. Chrissy writes, the beauty of destruction and wins the award for most poetic title of feedback <laughs> this week. You're going to have to do something with your foot. I feel so bad that I'm kicking you. Yeah, that's all right. I'm all kicked back here, relaxing in this nice comfy chair of this week. So. Dear Vortex I think we're going to kick away. I think we're going to have to rotate the comfy chair out every week. <laughs> <laughs> we all take turns. Everybody gets a chance in the comfy chair. How come? Bring out the comfy chair. <laughs> the comfy chair. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. You shouldn't have got me started, man. I'm telling you. As long as it's not made of plastic. <laughs> Bring out the fluffy billows. Oh, lordy. Dear Vortex Boys, this will be a short one since I'm doing family stuff this weekend. But I did get to watch Into the Dalek, and I'm sure I'll have more to say when I've had the time to think about it more. But there's certainly plenty to think about. At first, I was a little confused as to why they were trying to fix a broken Dalek when it was clearly a lot safer to leave it broken. But then the doctor, uh, but then the doctor explained that. Yet again, he still holds out hope that there could be just one good Dalek out there in the universe, and that maybe one good Dalek can influence the others. Of course, the plan goes completely to crap, and Clara has to do an has to go in and do a clever thing to save the day, which isn't entirely saved because the Doctor still harbors hatred of the Daleks, which is what Rusty fixates on when the Doctor tries to tap into his brain. The way they've set this up, with the Doctor wondering if he's a good man or not, I wonder if this season is going to be about the Doctor having some crisis of conscience or crisis of identity. We've already had the whole regeneration sickness, and he's supposed to be over that by now. Three weeks, that should be enough time. It's certainly enough time to be getting into trouble while on the way back to Clara's cough, with Clara's coffee order. But I feel like there's something more going on here. That with this new regeneration cycle, the Doctor has to reset himself. But still with all his past history mixing in with the reset, so it's really messing things up. It's an interesting thought, one that I'm sure I'll revisit more as the season progresses. Other things. We've been told that Missy is the gatekeeper of the Nether Sphere, and she has referred to the Doctor as her boyfriend. 
Theories abound if she's the Master or the Ronnie or some Time Lord, but this episode makes me wonder if there isn't something else going on here. I wonder if Missy is actually a version of Death or the Grim Reaper of the Universe. Since people tend to die when the Doctor's involved, I wonder if she's supposed to be some quirky angel of death that scoops up the people who die because of the Doctor's actions, and she thinks of herself as having this close relationship with the Doctor because what he does. What she does. Because what she did. Because what she, because of what she does. Got it. That scene with Gretchen getting attacked by antibodies in order to help the Doctor, and then she ends up in Missy's parlor having tea, kind of gave me the idea. Also, I really like Danny Pink so far. I'm interested in what his story is going to wind up being. He's clearly not a Mickey the Idiot sort of character. I'm sure we'll get there, but I did like his introduction. All in all, this was a great episode. Lots of things to dissect and think about. When I finally get a chance to sit down and think about it, and I really enjoyed it. Okay, that's all I have time for. I'll talk to you all next week with news of the Two Doctors panel from Salt Lake Comic Con. If you haven't heard the news, Colin Baker and Paul McGann are coming to Salt Lake, and I'm going to get to see their panel, and I am super excited. It's like the universe is making up for me having to miss Galley back in February. <laughs> Bye for now. Chrissy. Chrissy, trust me on this. Bring a tribble. <laughs> <laughs> You'll understand when you get there. Thank you very much, Chrissy. And finally... Last but not least is Eric. Yes. Eric writes, hey guys, well, I was pleasantly surprised my, <coughs> excuse me. Well, I was pleasantly surprised by my ability to get last week's feedback in on time. Let's see if I can do it again. <laughs> when I wrote in last week, I hadn't yet heard the podcast from the week before. Have you guys figured out who, who the extra doctors in Legacy are yet? <laughs> we actually did right before we recorded. In case you haven't, you oh. should know that they are the expert version because we do this. We, 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 <laughs> yeah. we answer the question and then we go, oh, if you didn't. Uh, yeah. So if, in case you haven't, you should know that they are the expert versions of some of the doctors. So far, there are expert ver- versions for 1, 2, 9, 10, 11, and 12. There are more powerful versions of the standard characters. You might try going after the 11th Doctor Plus, as he's called. He's a prize for beating their coming. It's the easiest of the experts to beat... While we were on the topic of legacy, did you did any of you think that it was odd that we got Danny Pink today? He was barely in an episode and didn't have anything to do with the plot. He's also yellow, which is overrepresented. Why couldn't we have had a blue character that was more relevant to the episode? It seems to me that one of the soldiers should have been appropriate. Or how about Rusty? <laughs> I was all set for a Dalek companion. Well, because you get Dalek. Uh, well, some of us don't, <laughs> despite how many times we try to unlock her. I, I think the idea, because this was his introductory episode, oh, this is his introductory to yeah. Legacy, and I think that's simply where they yeah, are. And he's a recurring um, character. My biggest problem with it is that he's not a healing character, that he doesn't use pink gems in some way or another. Well, he's... It's just in his name. Yeah, but it's in his name, but he's, he's not a soldier. His, his, his character, he's medic. ex-military, so... Oh, well, his ability makes sense based on who he is. But he's Danny Pink. <laughs> and it had to be something pink. And if they were going to do a blue character, they need to do Journey. Yeah, Journey Blue. Journey Blue. Which um, they may eventually. They, they, I'm sure they will once they add full eighth, eight, Series 8 content instead of just the isolated episodes. Yeah. He goes on to say, Also, Sean, I haven't heard your tales of the Stargate Con and Stargate binge-watching with Mel. What a coincidence. I had just decided about a month ago... That 17 combined seasons and a couple of TV movies seem to indicate that the franchise can't be crap. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, there's your answer. <laughs> I am now three episodes into season three of SG-1. And I did hear you correctly that they blow up the... Gwauld. Gwauld homeworld? Thanks for that. Hey, uh, hey, Eric. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers, sweetie. All right. As for your comment that I should be writing for Doctor Who, well, I'm flattered, but I'm not sure about actually writing them and having to come up with witty dialogue. The job I'd rather have is one I don't think is ever hired. I want to be the guy that sits with the writers and helps them refine their ideas, come up with new ones, discover plot holes, and prevent continuity errors. You're that, absolutely right. That, that job is available. So that job is available all the time. Oh, it's called lot, showrunner. Well, now it used to be <laughs> for, for a lot of series, not just Doctor Who. No, a continuity guy would be yeah. Yeah. would be nice. Which reminds me. If you're up for suggestions of things to review, I've come across something I think would be good if you can get your hands on it. It's Virgin's Doctor Who Decalogue 3 Consequences. It's a short story anthology linked in both plot and theme. From what I've read about the eighth story, Continuity Errors, reviewing it would be in line with some of the other podcasts you've recently done, and it would be especially good if you reviewed that one particular in the beginning of January, say the 6th. That's Ooh. oddly specific. Right. Put it on the schedule, Sean. Ominous. I like it. <laughs> now, into the Dalek. I'm looking forward to the next episode, Robot and Sherwood. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of sounding so negative, but this episode just seemed like deja vu. Haven't we encountered Daleks seeming to have a conscience before? Uh, haven't we been told about the Doctor would make a good Dalek? When Clara keeps challenging the Doctor's assertion that can be that there can be no good Daleks, why couldn't she have remembered that she was once a good Dalek herself? Well, can't we just have a break from Daleks for a while and bring them back only when the story is sufficiently good and novel? Well, it's late and I'm getting incoherent. You and, and you, you need to actually receive this later, Eric. It's late. We're incoherent and we did receive <laughs> it. So. Thank you, uh, Eric. I tell you, I'll bounce into this one and talk about this because I was going to say something when we review this, but this brings up a great point. The fact that Clara was a good Dalek, but I think that goes back to my whole... I, I, I'm, grasping onto the, I'm grasping onto this, and it's, it's presumption on my part because I can't find anywhere that solidifies this rationale that I have that Clara does not remember any of her lives while she was in the talk. Well, doctors. they've given the impression that she kind of remembers, but not fully. Right, right. So, which, that, I, which that, I'm fine with, but... That's their way of saying when we want her to remember, it's okay. When we don't, we don't want I think, that's, I think that's, a fault, that's a fault of the show. Is I think they need, to, they need to nail that down. They need to explain that. Who knows, that, that might so come that, up. I was kind of surprised there wasn't some sort of reference, at least from Capaldi, of, well, you were once a good Dalek. Yeah. And there was nothing. Yeah, it's it, it's it's one of those catch twenty twos that we. I, I'm with you. I it, it fixes a lot of things that I needed to fix. Deep it fixes breath, deep breath. It fixes a little bit of this, um, but at the same time, it's such a. This is the thing that drives me absolutely nuts. Is I, I hate saying this because I love continuity. I love it when things line up. And when you see this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens, you know, you get that little chain of events. And Doctor Who very much loves to take continuity, ball it up, and throw it away. Because it just, we, you know, ain't nobody got time for that. that We're telling stories, family. you know. 
and and so it's 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 fun, but yet it's still very frustrating because it's like, where's the continuity at? Where is the, the the solidification of this idea that we thought we had? You know, and I think they do it on purpose. I really genuinely <laughs> think the Doctor Who production office is like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like the, there is a guy sitting there whose job is continuity, and he brings the scripts in and goes, "No, no, no, no! You can't reference that. We're not going to talk about that anymore." <laughs> I mean, well, we're, we're done with that. I, we're I, done I, with that. On that note, I think that that I think there's some forgiveness when there's there's real loose continuity continuity between what we see today and what we saw back in the first go around in what we call classic Who. But it's, I, I always seem to think that they stay relatively within the continuity since the series restarted in 2005. They try not to contradict themselves too much. They really yeah, no, they really don't. And so I think that the, the, the big gap is, but then when little things like this do crop up in this new series, you know, in this in this new season, where yeah, why doesn't Clara remember this? Why is you know why isn't that reference made that Clara was a good doll? Like why? Don't they tell us why she doesn't? She has such a problem with regeneration when she's experienced all the past life skills. So now we're getting into that issue where we used to be really good about it. Now it's like almost maybe it's more obvious because it's not. So, and I, su- I suppose we can always fall back on the grand old. Well, he's rebooted the universe, so universe <laughs> two point All bets are off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know where you go with it. So I, I agree with you. I think that I think the continuity fix too started with Stephen Moffat with the crack, because I mean I brought this up last week or two weeks ago it was when he mentions, you know, a thirty foot Cyberman walks through London and nobody notices. You know, he was he was hinting to the fact that the, the crack was causing the erasure basically of things that had happened in people's minds is why people were forgetting yeah. and i thought okay how clever if you're going to do that if you're going to kind of erase some of the the grand spectacle that was the russell t davis era then okay I, i'm fine That's you, you can do, do it, it that way it's a good way to do it and then the reboot or the yeah the, you know uh, big bang 2.0 was the solidification of that in my opinion so Seems like he had a good handle on it until we get to here. <laughs> until, like, until it's his own continuity. Well, let's move on to our actual series. Review. Not over. We may get answers to all. Oh of this. yeah. I, I was I was I was dumbfounded by the fact that he wrapped so much up just at the last the last season. Oh yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of questions hanging out there. So a journey into the most dangerous place in the universe will test the, doc- test the limits of the doctor's compassion and force him to ask the question, am I a good man? Can't quite answer that. Ask it that way. Am I a good man? Am I a good man? Dun, dun, dun! Oh, good, I get a dun, dun, dun this week. I almost didn't do it. I, yeah. No, 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 no. no. Oh. Here's my reason for almost didn't do it. I almost didn't do it because I really have a. I, I watching this episode. I really felt like I was going to come down on a very different side of this than both of you, and so I, I actually came into this tonight thinking, you know, I'm going to kind of give my two cents on this, and then kind of let you guys carry it on because I liked this episode a lot. I liked this episode a lot better than Deep Breath. Now, Deep Breath had a lot of things in it that I liked better, moments that I liked, line and dialogue that I liked. But as a story itself, this one I had no problem with. I sat down and watched this from beginning to end and and, and absolutely loved it. Now, number one, it has 
Dalek in the title, and I am biased. <laughs> so that's another reason why I'm not going to wax lyrical about how great this episode was, because I already had a predisposed position on it before I even started watching the episode, and then it got all that much better when we we took a different approach with it, a little different approach with Dalek, because I hear I hear what some of the complaints are, and I understand. Um, the other thing that that about this was this really felt like, and I. I'm hesitant to say this because I don't want to sound like one of those guys, those crotchety old guys that say, oh, this this isn't Doctor Who. I don't like this because it's not Doctor Who. Because I, I tend to say that every once in a while. But this episode, at the sake of uh, being mocked for that, felt like Doctor Who. This really felt like an episode of Doctor Who to me. And so I just, I, I naturally was able to just kind of be comfortable about it and enjoy it and kind of enjoy the ride. And again, there are some issues that were brought up in our feedback that I completely see your point but I didn't have any reservations or issues with that because I was just quite enjoying the story. So that's kind of my mini review there. I really, really liked this episode. I thought it was okay. I wasn't wowed by it. I think there were a lot of really cool ideas in it. Uh, I like the tone of it, the feel. Uh, it, the flavor. The flavor. <laughs> it did kind of harken back a little bit to nine Daleks, or first Daleks, sorry, Dalek. I mean, it... There's very you could probably pull those two up and find a lot of parallels there, um, especially the it's it's kind of interesting how far we've come in eight years where yeah we know the doctors got bias against the Daleks and reading that eight that ebook story really kind of almost helps this story even more because it lends to that idea even more, mm-hmm. but it's interesting how. It's in Dalek that the Dalek says to him, you would make a good Dalek. Now we have a Dalek saying to him, you are a good Dalek. We went from you got the capacity to be a good Dalek to being a good Dalek. That is a huge statement, I think, just on Capaldi it, and the Doctor in general of his hatred towards Daleks. And that's that, that line simply is why I was okay with it harkening back to that idea. Because it, it, you're it, right, it, it, it takes, takes it a, step, a step further. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things I really liked about the story was that, and the whole idea of exploring on TV, let alone going inside a Dalek, even though some of it felt a little familiar, like the Tesseract's, not Tesseract. Um, Tesseract. Okay, I my mind went to Tesseract. 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 No, Tesseract. Tesseract. From, within the antibodies very much in uh, Let's Go Hitler and, you know... Series 6. Um, so there are a lot of familiar ideas in it, and I think that's partially why it may have felt more like Doctor Who to you, because there's a lot more familiarity and in the storytelling. And I really didn't have much complaints about it. It's, it's as some Dalek stories are, they're rather kind of somber and serious. Some are a bit more fun, like, I think, Revelation. Or not, Re- yeah, uh, Resurrection. No? Revelation. Other... Remembrance. Remember. Oh, that one. Okay. I think Remembrance is a, 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 a bashing fun Dalek story. Genesis is not. I mean, there's kind of bashing Some are a lot of fun. Some are very serious and somber. And this is one of those stories, and it poses a lot of fascinating ideas to explore. That I'm glad they did on television because if it almost felt like it was something they wouldn't do unless it was in other media, like the ebook we got. That's a good point. 
And that's that's, that's kind of where I come down on it, where it was a very enjoyable story. I don't know if I'd go back and rewatch it a lot, but it was good. Another callback was shrinking the doctor down to go in. I remembered Invisible Enemy, which is not one of my favorite <laughs> stories. Well, yeah. like I kept thinking, oh, this so is it's, it's so much like that. Sean, we haven't made Sean's clones. really enjoying this one right <laughs> yeah, now. We haven't made clones. <laughs> this time we're going in ourselves. Um, I think you're both right. I, I think I, I, I know that right now fandom's very much on the fence with the comparison to Dalek. Especially with that, well, you've already used that. I agree. I think it's a measuring stick that shows over the last eight years that we have progressed to you would make a good Dalek to no, you are a good Dalek. And it's a little shocking and knife in the heart to hear that from, you know, our doctor. Because our doctor's cool. And our doctor, and even reading the ebook, we had that. Man, it was tough to read some of this because he's got this weird built-in prejudice. Which, and if anybody deserves, I think, to have that default of, no, they're bad, they're evil, they can never be good, it's the Doctor. Everything he's seen with the Daleks. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I always feel it's justified, and I always like exploring it. Mm-hmm. And, and for all of the history, for all of the... the Wrongs for all of the deaths, for all of the injustice that they have caused, to then culminate in the fact that he, because we we know there's a happy ending, we know that Gallifrey has made it out, and that you know he thinks he he made it, but for all intents and purposes, he's still of the opinion that he burned. <laughs> well, but even if, the, even you know. if Capaldi now remembers that. He still burnt all the Daleks yeah. in that scene. It's He saved Gallifrey, but he still essentially committed genocide. Exactly. And so that, that's got to be something that, that is still weighing on him to this day. So, hey, here's a Dalek, and it's doing this. I can see where that's still got that stigma attached to it, because it's not just the the wrong and the wrong and the wrong and the wrong and the wrong. It's all of those wrongs culminating in the loss of his home planet and and, and, and the fact that he was and, forced and, to be regard, pushed to that point. Regardless of if he actually destroyed them or saved them, they're still gone. Right. So it's not like it's it's splitting hairs to some extent. Yeah, exactly. So I can I can justify it on the one hand, and I'm still very uncomfortably unsettled by it on the other. You know, it, 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 and that, and that to me is the mark of really good writing. When it's one of those things that you question whether or not you're—I mean, you enjoyed it, but you're questioning whether or not you should be. I, I, that that I, I think is is really good. Um, I think pretty much everything that our, our feedbackers have, have sent in tonight has been really kind of right on the money in some regards. I thought the production design was phenomenal. It, part of it, I think, why it felt like Doctor Who, maybe for you, was the production design, and there was a decent amount of practical effects. I mean, there were things that I recognized that were other things that were supposed to be something else in the show. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of harkened that, that the inside and the sets yeah. kind of harkened back to the classic series, and it's mm-hmm. ironic that I, I don't know why I was. Th- I think I was thinking about it uh, recently because my mom watched The Mind Robber and was kind of mad on it. And I was kind of thinking back to, uh, she's been spoiled now with CGI effects on Doctor Who, and how I kind of wish there were less CGI and more practical effects on the show. And then we get this, where there's CGI, but the practical, there's a lot there too. Yeah. And so it's a nice balance. Well, and it's, I love the, from the... 
I love the ship. I love the fact that we've got this medical ship that it, it once again it no does, need for a medical ship anymore. It doesn't look like a cookie cutter ship. It's like they they went out of the way to make it look like something a little different that we hadn't seen. It's like okay, cool. I love the the medical lab with the shrink, whatever that was. <laughs> I really like this reaction to it too, of a kind of lounging all yeah, over. He was, oh, this is gorgeous. He was genuinely excited by that, and so that was that was cool. I liked the transference when they actually went through the eye stock and there was that weird kind of membrane that they passed through and a very trippy third doctor yeah. sequence with, you know, as we kind of fold ourselves through this thing. Sarah did kind of ask when we were watching it, why didn't they just kind of open the lid and drop it in? <laughs> <laughs> That's anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I at least was able to come up with a, well, maybe it's so damaged that it can't open anymore. There's, there's a booby trap. It would have self-destructed. There you go. Um, but, so I, I enjoyed that. And then they hit me with... and So we get inside, and there's a momentary bit of, aw, because it looks like a corridor and a railing. Well, that's not very exciting. I, was really, I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. I was expecting something grander and bigger than that. But then they hit me with the sound effect. That the inside of the Dalek has that boom, 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 boom noise that's constantly it's, going on. It, it's the, the ship. It's the ship noise. Yeah. That's what I. The first thing I keyed on when I heard that, I, I told I told Caitlin. I said, oh, "That's that same noise." She was. We, we had the. Uh, we had the volume up quite a bit. Of course, the subwoofer was on. <laughs> and I've got the printer sitting up there, so it's rattling, and. It starts off with just that real, so you don't really hear it as they're going through that little phase shift, and it's not until they're actually into the the hallway that you recognize the sound. And I said, "That's the sound that you hear every time you're in a Dalek ship. You actually hear it inside the Dalek too." Yeah, I got real excited by that. That was a really cool moment. Well, I like the uh, the question that Clara asks about it and how it's the neural view. So it it very much feels like you're walking down the eye stock. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was really neat. Yeah, so there was a lot of really cool stuff. The, the anatomy of the Dalek was incredible. The whole anatomy of the dog. Melding and well the, done. Melding the organic with the mechanical yeah. and making it make sense. And making it more than just a little bug in a big shell casing, you know, running things around. An alien it's driving a titanium tank. It's not so. driving a titanium tank. It is all part of the same device. Yeah, it's very integrated. Love that. So, so much of that was, was incredibly well done and very well thought out. And so we, we go down and we've got, of course, some, some standard, we've got some business to take care of. We've got to get to the reason why is this Dalek good and what happened and, you know, the memories and whatnot. And we go down the chute and into the disposal unit, which I can't say for certain, but I, I, I would be willing to bet that despite the fun that that scene posed, Capaldi was probably not a fan of getting his new uniform dirty. <laughs> I do, he just, got out of it pretty he quick. Got, well, and you notice how dry and clean they were in the next scene? Quickly, yeah. <laughs> that was like, yeah. bam. Maybe it's because they're too small for the circumstances. <laughs> I don't know. It just, well, and, and, he he strikes me as one of those guys. It's of... like, oh, really? <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, I didn't but mean no, to what, what they crawled through, with, with the way it was lit, almost seemed like it would have dried them anyways. That's the impression I got while watching it. I think oh, they, they commented it was hot. That it was really good. Yeah, yeah, so, problem with the so they were drying the next episode either. Or next uh, scene. But, um, so so we get down there, and again, we're, we're given this wonderful, this makes sense, you know, bit that there is this dead it's material, and it's got to, you know, have all this. 
okay, cool. I'm, I'm on board with all of this so far. And so we, we get through the, the running about business, and now we're actually to the, okay, it's a, a damaged reactor, and it saw this star being born and all this kind of stuff. And I love the fact that he's talking to Rusty and that he's named it, and, you know, okay, this is great. And we fix it. And then it immediately reverts back to type and begins trying to kill everything in the room and sending the signal to the Daleks. And it's like, okay, we've got trouble. And it's like, well, who didn't really see yeah, that? I was, no, I was I, kind I, of surprised it came as soon as it did. Well, here's the funny I figured thing that is, was going to be the climax. When they when they healed it, when they when he sealed up the little breach, the little radiator reactor breach, I went and, and he turned. I thought, well, as he was doing it, I thought, we're only about 20 minutes into this episode and we're already doing this. So that was the first thing that keep me off to... Well, things aren't what we think, and then when it did happen, he cured and he, and he fixed it, and the Dalek suddenly goes back to evil. That was my initial thought: was well, I just saw that coming because yeah. that's just the way. That's how you do Daleks. You can't have a good Dalek all the time. You can't have a good Dalek. So when when we get to the let's open my mind and kind of project and look at the universe and make the Dalek question what's going on. I was like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. This is going to be fantastic. And I did not see that coming, that it was going to see the prejudice and the hatred and the, and, and, and Capaldi really, uh, he acted the wheels off of that with trying to be, no, 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 you've got to look past that, but still not necessarily ignoring that it's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that was that was a little crushing to 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 get that. I thought Clara was great. Um, I, I liked the fact that she stood up strongly to him to the point of slapping him and going, "What's up with this? This is not you know how this works." And I, I like asking the right question and asking the right question <laughs> and, and and being the clever person who has to go do something clever to to, to open all this stuff up. And then it ends, and the Dalek gives that pronouncement of you you are a good Dalek. And all of a sudden, all of the enjoyment that I was getting out of this got pushed to the back burner. And this problematic question started poking around in my head. It was like, was this a good thing? Is this a good episode or not? Because it's making me question all this. And on, there's a part of me that thinks, yeah, absolutely, this is a great episode. There's another part of me that's like, I'm not so sure that I like the direction this took. And I think it's just, I need to percolate it. Now, I, I didn't only get to see it the once. So unlike Deep Breath, where I had multiple viewings. So there were still a lot of the little jokes and some of the dialogue that I missed well, out on just because it's accent and flying the, very fast and furious. But That's one thing about the story is there's not as much jokes. There's not a lot of times I chuckled during it. It's pretty, yeah. Well, pretty there, 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 there are a few. There, there are a few nice lines. Well, in we it. do a lot of that with uh, Danny and Clara. Yeah, and those scenes are there. wonderful. Yeah, it's are. so nice to have this. Uh, the, everything that was said at Colton School was, was great. I didn't have a problem or, or, or a care about anything that was going on because it was just such wonderful, real people interacting with each other there. I thought that was that was marvelous. One of the other great bits I really liked was when he brings Clara back and is introducing him to people, or her to people. And uh, this, is, this is my my carer. Yes, well, my carer. That, she cares so I don't have to. The whole lines before that, this is the soldier, woman with a gun, she's a shoulder, this is the soldier, this is the boss, you still the same one, yes. Yet he's her uncle, but I might have made that up while they were talking. <laughs> that was just such a great, especially so, coming off. He's of, still so disconnected as far as his 
just when he processes things. Well, and, and especially coming off that scene in the bedroom from... <laughs> I can really catnap. You're waiting for my turn to talk. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I now expect from this doctor, is he fills in the gaps, and if they're wrong, oh well. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> and that's one of the things I'm really going to like about him. This is the interesting bit for me, is that I really, really liked this episode. But whereas last week I felt Capaldi was the strongest thing about Deep Breath, this one I think a bit more of the background. Well, I think this one the story took center stage. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, but Capaldi almost took a step backwards for me. Not that I I don't love him because I do, but my doctor is in there somewhere, and I haven't found him yet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm enjoying the performance, but. It, it's he he's he's still I still got to chip away some of this exterior statue before I see the David in, in, inside. Well, I think part of that's because he's still questioning elements of himself. Yeah, and so we continue to question elements about him. So, but I do think we get a better taste of what he's going to be like. Yeah. I think so. And or flavor, it, or flavor. <laughs> Sorry, we we get a taste of his flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to Oh that. my, that went that escalated quickly. <laughs> um well because he's he's also very prickly in the beginning yeah. with journey of no, don't do it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Which was very much felt like carryover from deep breath where in your kind of as it continues he kind of softens a little bit more. Honestly, I liked the prickly? I liked that scene in particular. I, I admired the fact that he was putting her in her place, that I just saved your life, and you're standing here pointing a gun at me. And just that he just kept repeating, don't do it that way. And she finally tacked the please on, you know, will you think, yeah. And he, you know, that's all he had to say. But uh, unlike so many, I mean, because that's a, that's a very doctor thing to do. Whereas the the fourth doctor would have made a joke about it, what no please you know yeah. or, or something like that, but the fifth doctor would have commented on you're being very rude. But Capaldi's like no, <laughs> screw that. <laughs> I'm not going to put up with this. <laughs> I think that brings up something that I've, I've noticed too is and there's been a lot of talk in fandom that Clara's a control freak, and they addressed that last week in the episode of Deep Breath and in the fact that Capaldi kind of, or the doctor sort of calls her out on that and. I don't want to go too much into this because there's also a lot of fandom that's talking about the misogyny of Moffat and how he hates women and how he writes in certain ways that are, which we've kind of discussed in a little bit, touched on before, but I don't want to get too deep into that. But that being said, I do agree that I think she is written as kind of a control freak. I mean, she even, as far back as, as 11, always told him, no, you, you know, come get me on Wednesday. She was always in control of when he yeah. came and got yeah. her. Well, there was she that was whole, you're the boss. Yeah, exactly. And there, even in the, what was the, Journey into the Center of the TARDIS, uh, she was very controlling in that uh, until she got lost and had to be rescued. But So there is a lot of that, and there has been a lot of that. And she, she seemed to be able to lead Eleven around a little bit. And he was fine with that. And he just, he got a letter. Um, he always kind of controlled the situation, but she was always in control. And I, and I wonder if part of that was also because he was still trying to figure out her mystery. Well, I, I, it could be too as well. And so I sort of like the idea now that I get the impression that the Twelfth Doctor is a control freak as well. I think they uh, that echoed a lot of things in that conversation in the diner when they were <laughs> accusing each other of the same thing. I think they are. I think they're a lot alike in that aspect. 
And so I think that that is something that they're going to work on this season as far as their dynamic together. And I think that that kind of goes back to that whole, while there were a lot of things, you know, we were talking about how he, she slaps him and she comes up with a question. I like the idea that they're able to kind of bounce back and forth and take those control aspects and utilize them in different situations. But then when they're together, there's still kind of this weird kind of just, I don't want to say conflict, but it still is that nice um, change of pace of playing off of each other by kind of butting heads a bit. Yeah. And I, I like that. Not it, quite it, to it, the extent of Donna, which I've heard already some people compare no, her to Donna, but in a way it's a, sh- a shade of that same relationship. Yeah, and, and I brought this up last week too, that I like, that's what I like so much about Donna's relationship with the Doctor is the fact that she was able to call him out. But Donna was also that, it's like, it's like she knew 10. Yeah. For years. It was like they yeah. were great friends. Like they had been great. Even though they, they had only traveled together a little bit, they really fell into this relationship where they were great friends. But she was very much like that. Whereas Clara is coming from a, from a different angle because, number one, she didn't travel with Eleven that much. So I don't, th- I don't feel like they had that real buddy-buddy companionship that uh, Donna and Ten had. I think they were getting there by the time Day of the Doctor came around because they were kind of doing that kind of sensing each other type thing. But even more so now that she's clashing with the personality of the 12th Doctor, it changes that dynamic and it's not so much Donna-ish because she's now fresh into a new personality of the Doctor and so we're getting to really kind of explore that as well. So I can see where people are pointing to that as a as a emulation or or a reflection of Donna, but I think she's really kind of got her own thing going too. Uh, Yeah, I agree. And I I don't think it's as much married to that idea as as people want to make it. I think it's just that's the closest they've got to go with of the companions in the series. So that's where they're going to line up with. So here's here's the one problem I foresee with this. Now, taking the current rumor mill aside of where things may wind up, you can't have two control freaks in no. the same space for too very long before it's going to devolve into. For, for the same reason, you can't have Adric and Nis on the same. <laughs> screw. Yeah, it, it's it's it, it, it just doesn't work. And so I think, in a way, this is very much kind of paving the road for what we suspect, uh, if the, the rumor mill is accurate, may wind up happening mm-hmm. later in the season. And I think that's kind of unfortunate because I still don't feel like... I know there's a lot of Clara haters out there that just do not like her. And I, I think... Three times it's I think it's just that we still haven't really got the essence of who she is because the mystery and the impossible girl and the plot device of last season was so driving for everything that she didn't really get to be a companion in her own right. And if now everything's being set up for this control freak attitude that we're still kind of doing her a disservice. So in a way, I'm kind of hoping that the Danny pink scenes will soften Soften. that and allow that to be more of her. This is the companion that you're supposed to be with versus the doctor. I mean, quite honestly. Now, having said all of that, the caretaker scene, I watched that, and she just 
popped into this. Oh, here we are. We're having tea and crumpets and doing this stuff. And I thought, oh, why is Madame Kavorian all over again? See, uh, that's why I said last week, if they did this, where at the end of every episode we did that. In fact, if this had been placed at the end of the episode, I would have been fine with it. Because I like the idea of, boop, here's your story. Boom, here's what we're working to. Boom, here's your story. Boom, here's what we're working to. That would have been a great pace to take the entire season out that way. But by placing it where they did, I did the same thing. I went, oh, here's Madame Kavorian again. Uh, we're going to do this. And I, I really steamed and thought about that for a while. And then I, I can't come down on the fact that I realized why they did it, because I think they were afraid that we would have forgotten who this person was, which we, we shouldn't have, because it was a powerful scene. Yeah. We would have forgotten who this person was by the time we put that at the end of the episode. So we felt like we needed to put it right there after she Had left. Had it been Journey, I think they yeah, probably would yeah, have done it at the right. end. So I understand why they do it. It doesn't excuse it, but I, I said last week I'd like to see them do that and just do it at the end every time, yeah. and I would be perfectly happy with that, but they've already messed that up, so apparently they don't <laughs> listen to me. Well, here's the interesting part of that is right on the heels of, oh, Madame Kavorian scene again, for whatever reason, the Human Nature book popped into my head. Death. And I thought, this, this is death. <laughs> That's totally who this person is. It is Chrissy's. death. And I think, yeah. I think Chrissy is 100% on the money with this one, that this is death, and that she does have a very long history with the Doctor. Especially since she keeps referring to it as heaven. Uh, do we need to go back and read The Virgin Missing Adventures now? Uh, well, this is the other reason I think this. <laughs> because we know that Moffat likes to pull from these yeah. other sentences. And I think he probably thought to himself, you know what would be a really cool idea is let's do this. Remind me to uh, talk with you guys about something off mic that I don't want to talk about on the podcast yet because I don't want it to be too spoilerish if it ends up to be true. So Fair enough. So, I, but I, 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 I'd, I'd like to spoil you guys. You don't want to yes, know season season six incident. You're not going to write it down in an envelope and seal it up no. and make us wait until. But yeah, I. I, I River think, is Amy's daughter. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, no. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> <Or> scary. <laughs> uh, I, I think it is. I th- I, <laughs> Gary's in heaven. He's hanging out with Missy. He's hanging out with Missy. <laughs> Oh, it'd be great if at the Gary end of the entire like series, Missy. you know, they go back and they revisit. The first scene is heaven, and we see all of the people that have ended up there from every episode from there. And back in the corner is Gary Busey. I was <laughs> hanging out. Just hey, hanging, hanging out. out. Nobody would get it, but we'd Nobody get it. Nobody would get it. Well, fans of Leftovers, <laughs> Leftovers might. But I, I think that I think that's one of those things. I think Moffat thought, hey, you know, it'd be kind of cool. And so I think that it is that she has this... Not necessarily warped fixation on the doctor, but that in a way he's the best customer. And so she does feel like the boyfriend because mm. in some way, shape, or form, she is constantly being reassociated with him through the people that wind up getting offed. So I think, I, Chrissy, I think you nailed it on that one. It's definitely an interesting idea. Um. Real quickly, I wanted to talk about the titles, because we completely glazed over that last week and didn't discuss them at all, and I wanted to get your oh, guys' yeah. thoughts on the new titles against the theme oh, song. Yeah. I'm okay. I like the theme song. I'm not a big fan of the first half of the titles. 
Really? I don't like the clocks. I don't mind the well, gears in the background. I like. I liked it, except for it wasn't until Steven Stepanski said on Radio Freedom that they really feel like they're driving. Well, I think it's Warren didn't like it. And he said, yeah, they're kind of driving home. Steven's kind of said, yeah, they're kind of driving home the time aspect yeah. of it. And, it, I, it almost and I was fine with it until he said it. And then I watched it this week and went, I guess they kind of are, but I still like it. I don't have a problem I, with it. I, I, like, just, I like in the second half when we're in the vortex, maybe I'm just more of a purist and it's always been a vortex it should be always be a weird vortex not literal time but that subtle hint of the gears and the clocks and that I'm okay with but the yeah let's go right through the face of that clock I like that I, I, I don't, <laughs> something about it just feels too Does on the nose it start at 12 I keep forgetting to look it, sh- it better it should it should start at 12 and then start spinning but I need to, I need to go back and look. I, I, I don't know I, 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 the only word I can come up with is it feels too American? If an American, oh ouch! <laughs> uh, if if an Amer if they did an American version of Doctor Who, I would expect clocks all over the place for the opening credits, and that's what this feels like. Mm. So I didn't get that. That's just me. Uh, I, I like it. I like it. I, I think it does. Once I, his I, eyes appear, I'm fine with it. I, see the I like point it the rest of, of the way through. I see the point of driving the time issue, but I don't know. I, I thought it was cool. I think it's cool. I love it. I'm glad that that guy got. It's cool that the fan did that. I I completely agree there. It's just theme song is taking me a little bit to get used to because it it almost feels like more of a callback. It it feels classicy to me. So much more electronic. And then it wasn't until I listened to Radio for Starscarrow that somebody pointed out that it kind of harkens back to that Sylvester McCoy theme, which I don't like that much, Mm. and probably because of that really high. And that's another thing that. I wasn't quite sure, and then I thought, okay, it's okay. I mean, I don't hate it. I, this is fine. I, I think I've liked other uh, more orchestrational type uh, themes better that we've kind of gotten used to, but I was okay with it until I started playing Doctor Legacy after the update. <laughs> and if you've got it setting anywhere, it goes on repeat. <laughs> and uh, pretty soon, all you start noticing is that. That's why and I put so, the sound off. Yeah, and so uh, now that's graded on me a little bit, so that when I go back and watch the episode, I'm like, oh, it's really noticeable. I think I love the open. I, I think it's really cool. Visually I was, it's cool. I, I think visually it's cool. I was with you guys that I was a little uncertain about the actual numbers of the clock. Like, I didn't mind the gears in in the vortex. I thought that was cool, and I didn't mind the if it had been a subtle reference to time and the, you know but to actually do this swirly cue with roman numerals on the thing i i thought felt a little strange because a clock is simply a representation of passing time versus actual well you it's, know, time it's travel. a uh, measure of time it's, it's a measure of time a, yeah it, it it felt like an hg wells intro more than a Time Lord intro. That This is how a human would interpret this. But the more, the, the more I've watched it's a, it... It's a bit like that um, Big Finish audio that we listened to uh, with Daleks and was it the Oh, the mirrors, yeah. yeah. And the mirrors. And, Passing and, back and forth through yeah. the mirror, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, but the, the more I've watched it, the well, more they I think... Use, they use time as a chronometer on it, too, to, to, yeah. to, to set the mirrors to the travel through, didn't they? Yes, they maybe, did. Maybe that's why I say almost American is it's too simplistic of a concept of how do we portray time. 
clocks. Well, and 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 going back to the American Doctor Who with Doctor Who the movie, he sets a destination time by actually rolling a <laughs> calendar date back to well, we're going to go back to tomorrow, yesterday, you know. And so, but is that that's a good point? But but when <laughs> you break it down, right. and like you said, you like the second half, but not the first half. It really is time and space that they've there's a definitive break point that this part of it is all clocks and gears and and time facing. And then that goes away in the spiral, and we have stars and nebula and planets, and so it kind of really illustrates the TARDIS doing both, which is something that I, I've I, I felt the time elements were missing. As much as I love the McCoy open, I felt the time elements were oh, kind of missing from that because there's no vortex. Yeah, and I felt like the the, the space yeah, elements, space. you know, right. the space elements maybe were missing a little bit in some of the other ones. So, I, and, and the, the the most recent Matt Smith ones, I felt were too space heavy. They were cool, but they weren't. The more I go back and watch those, the less pleased I am with them. I think it's probably the way to to say that proper. As far as the theme goes, I love it, but I think it's more appropriate for a different doctor. I think with the darker tone that we're getting throughout the the, the, the series so far, I think this is an example of where I would have rather had something a little closer to what we got in season three with the drums and the heavy, let's emphasize that part of the theme as opposed to the, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just a personal preference and Moffat said, I like this. Okay, go with it. (laughs) I don't know. But I, I think it would have... Well, matched better how to many put that versions of this have Murray Gold done now. A lot. <laughs> Maybe he's getting tired of it. He's just like, <laughs> he's like, this is the only thing I can come up with that's, that's different. <laughs> I never had. You know, I listened to an interview with Murray Gold, and it sounded like he never has any time. <laughs> it sounds like he rushes right in to do this stuff, and everything he produces, I think, is phenomenal. I think he's yeah. doing a wonderful job, but it sounds like it sounds like. It sounds like he throws a lot of stuff together because of the time constraints of the elements. So. Now, has anybody heard the Doctor Steam yet? I was just about to ask that. I did not notice yeah, any music it. in this episode. I yeah. I'm, I'm kind of waiting for that moment. And I think maybe that's why... You would think it would have played in, in that scene with the Dalek where he's doing the mind meld and whatnot. Do you think that's where the music would But at the same start? time... He's not really being a heroic character at well, that moment true. because of what ultimately but, happens. And so maybe that's what they're holding on to, this, uh, this idea of him, am I a good man? Maybe we're kind of waiting for that. he doesn't get a theme. <laughs> no, I'm sure he'll get a theme. But maybe, I think that's and maybe what, is a good man. what my problem is, too, is that I think it's maybe audioly I'm kind theme. of waiting for that music to kick in for the rest of my brain to go, there he is! You know, and kind of, and it doesn't have to be I am the doctor, but was something that it should when be. when he was mind-melling with the dollar? That's just the most logical place I would see to put it. <clears throat> there was a uh, uh, interesting thing too, uh, totally off the subject, but remembering that scene, uh, there's a callback to. I, I, I wanted to talk to about that actually because that was a missed opportunity. I think. How so? When, when he talks about I ran away and then I arrived on Scarrow, I would have liked, as the, as Doctor Phil said. This whatever this was going on behind him that was supposed to be representative of beauty in the universe really sucked because there was nothing happening there. I would have liked for them to have thrown up some sort of Hartnell image mm. to imply that he's I kind of recalling. It totally should have been there and wasn't. I felt like they really dropped the ball on that. What were you going to say? Well, I, I, I like the idea that it kind of poses that that's the start 
I don't think that's the moment when he decides. It has, yeah, I, I think I would agree. It, and it I came would, across and in the episode that it's that, that's, that's the that moment. was the moment. Yeah, but I don't think there's a lot more running away after that story. Well, and then really uh, having with the not seeing the missing episodes and still missing some Hartnell. War Machines is very much a feels like the first time he kind of feels like he needs to do something, and then it's not until Moonbase that he's out and out states it yeah. that there are evil things and they must be stopped. But there's moments in there too. Because there, there are moments throughout I mean, the rest of the time. Run. Miller obviously yeah. felt like he knew, but that was more of a personal responsibility because of the fact there was another Time Lord that was meddling. Um, I did. Yeah, you guys haven't seen Dalek's Master Plan. I think yeah. there's a. I mean, there's a. There's a lot of running in that one, but the the Dalekadium that they're... Uh, it's not Dalekadium, but whatever the element is they keep running away with is a prevention me- measure, but I also get the impression, too, that it's more of one of those moments well, and, than, and there's than, some, than the Daleks were. And there's some in uh, the Dalek invasion of Earth, yeah. but it's more everybody else than the Doctor, it They're like. still trying to get away, too. Yeah. And, know, and they're still trying to get it, out of it. It just situation. feels like... And it's more of the others than the Doctor because it's Earth that is at a stake. And they feel, and they more, feel responsible. more responsible. To me, it feels more like it's a journey from Daleks, the Daleks to the moon base, to a, a slow, gradual growth to that point. I don't know. Maybe it's me. I think. Yeah. I think. I see what your point. I think you're making it bigger, though. I think you're making it. It could, span it could, it could be bigger span because I haven't. I don't have some of those gaps. Yeah. But it just felt like. No, that's not. The, I just listen to the Crusade. It's it's mostly get the heck out of there too. Yeah. That, 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 of course, a lot of the historicals were I think, because the Doctor was. Oh crap! We can't. We change can't anything. Change yeah. things. Yeah. I don't know. Something about that. I like the callback, but it felt more well, Galaxy like Galaxy Four is a good one. It was one where that's yeah, that was your first instance with the Daleks. Well, but that's we, not what. Wait till we do that Galaxy Four. I think you'll see that same moon, moon base mentality. Okay. Although again, <laughs> that's probably not so much true either because it's more of a helping somebody out. It's it's more of an arbitrator, uh, not arbitrator, a uh, uh, mediator situation in that for the majority of it, and then the situation is which side to take. So that. Um, I'm talking way beyond stuff you guys even know about. I, so. I think if they had phrased it in the aspect of... <laughs> Where's Gary? Where's Gary? <laughs> Where's Gary? I think if they would have phrased it in the aspect of... That made me see there's true evil in the universe. Instead of how they did it. Of That was the moment. So this was the realization that there's evil out there. And then later he comes to the idea that he needs to try to stop it himself. I don't. I don't know how they could convey it in the speech, but that being said, I love. I loved the callback. <laughs> I, I, the, Unfortunately, I, could have been down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I squeed at the callback, but it was still kind of like, a, oh, well, maybe. Did anybody else? Um, when at the very beginning, the open the ships flying in and she's screaming at the co-pilot and stuff sparking and exploding. Just me. Anybody else kind of expect to hear Paul McGann go? A little bit. There I am. <laughs> I'm here to save you. And then he didn't show up, and I was sad. What do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, next week, Friday Night Who, we are going to be watching. Ro- uh, no, no, we're going to be watching. We'll be watching Androids of Tara, which is uh, in the smack dab middle of the Key to Time series. It's the fourth story there with Tom Baker. Uh, and the reason we're watching Androids of Tara is because the uh, 
who episode next week, spoilers, is Robots of Sherwood. So we thought, well, yeah, that makes sense. So we're going to pair those two up, and, and ho- hopefully they will both be fun romps. We know one is. <laughs> if Capaldi doesn't pick up a sword at some point, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> oh, Crusade. We were, talking, sword, we, sword fight we, we were talking about uh, Dr. Sword Fights. Oh, nice. How does, uh, how does Hartnell handle it? Uh, not very well. He has to kind of come and help him out. But, <laughs> uh, he, he holds himself well at first. I'll give him that. <laughs> Anything else? I don't think so. That's it. Any other housekeeping? Of course, you can so. find us on feed. On, you can find us on feedback. You can find us. You on can feedback. find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter. Somebody else take this over. I can't talk apparently now. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Google Plus. Tumblr. Tumblr. Doctor Who Book Club on Goodreads. Patreon. Also, we are soliciting uh, subscriptions still for Patreon. Please, 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 if you can give so that we can uh, get move over to our new server very soon. That's happening soon, by the way. So. Um, there's, Hopefully there's uninterrupted. Or dark time, then you'll know what. Oh, these guys didn't get their server. No, we'll call uh, it the wilderness years. <laughs> no, it's, it was the wilderness days. Hopefully, hopefully it's only days. Um, Hopefully not. That being said, also if, if if patrons not your thing and you can't subscribe monthly, um, we understand. But uh, there's also a spread shirt uh, store on our website where you can buy traveling the vortex merchandise. And I, again, I promise to get some more designs up later after we get. Some of those approved between the three of us. And um, the Amazon story is still there. Um, I did take gimmick tees down, if you guys have been missing that. <laughs> uh, we had some issues with the uh, affiliates. It had nothing to do with us. It was a, it was a, it was a business issue internally. So that is gone. But our Amazon store is, uh, is still there. And if you see something that strikes your fancy and you're wanting to buy some Doctor Who merchandise... Please look there first because uh, proceeds from that also go to us, which then in turn goes back into this podcast so that we can continue to bring it to you. Anything else? Where's Gary? <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm... Where'd Glenn go? Oh, my God. Maybe he found Gary. <laughs> well? That's not something I ever expected. Yeah. Like Glenn, you didn't, or Gary? Which one didn't you expect? Both. Both. Okay. Well, you know, here's this is the there's, now that Glenn's gone, we can talk for another three hours. That's true. There's oh, no yeah. ball and chain hampering our discussion I get now time. A Mac. And you get a Mac because he just disappeared. Just toink, gone. Should we save that for next time? Yeah, we'll save it for next. time. Okay. Oh, well, I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Oh, I'm waiting for my cue, and there isn't one. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Hey, guys, I found Gary. Gary, now I know I was wrong. I messed up, and now you're gone. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Gary, I'm sorry I neglected you. Oh, I never expected you to run away and leave me feeling this empty. Meow right now would sound like music to me Please come home cause I miss you Gary I'm the angel of silk Let me take you inside And you'll feel like you're 5,000 miles past heaven Come with me
Can't you see I was blind? I'll do. 